Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting radiolemon.com. The, uh, the latest update we got as well. By the way, thank you to Get Speed Performance. We said about the, uh, the tweet that I shared of theirs, and uh, it was in German, but it had the mem of someone skulking away. And they said, uh, shall we translate it? And they've been putting uh, the English language ones out now as well. And one of the things, although I can't really uh, listen to the interview, but it does tell us in the 101 car, the Porsche yes. with its teammate number two, that they had the incident that we didn't really see. Well, it will have been uh, Janine Hill that was at the wheel, the American driver. There is an interview from the uh, Get speed performance uh, Twitter account but as I say I can't really listen to that um, but incidentally Josh Barrett said that according to the ticker that that 101 Porsche is indeed out I said it looked like they'd taken it away radiator damage which of course there indicates that it's had a, a front on yeah and the, the radiator impact. in a Porsche so susceptible to that because it sits just behind the front grille and uh, obviously if uh, life fluid starts to pour from that the car don't go anymore but good of Janine Hill to do an interview, nevertheless, and explain Absolutely. the whole situation. She, sh- she was sharing that car with John Schofner and Ammo Klassen, by the way. Now, interestingly, it looks like it's all really happening for the... What position is this going to be for fourth backwards, where we had the number five Phoenix Racing Audi R8 uh, sat there in fourth. Remember, at one point, it was putting pressure for a podium-paying spot against the 22 Ferrari. But according to the tracker, that's now fallen behind the number two gigaspeed recovering Porsche after, incidentally, the... the accident we were talking about Um, and behind it by the looks of it although putting pressure on and in fact may just have got past it no uh, yes it has I think the 13 um, Auto Arena Motorsport Mercedes has now got past it as well but that does mean that the number two gigaspeed Porsche has made up two places up to fourth place in one fell swoop yeah, it's all happening. It is. And the two car, remember, was one of the early pit stoppers. So he's now getting lighter on fuel as well. And I reckon if it can do an eight lap stint now, that should take it to four plus eight, 12. Lap 12. Quick maths. That's pretty could, much my limit. I could limit. hear it. I could hear that happening as the well. The cog's going round. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that will be one of the earlier cars then to, to stop the next time around all the more reason to try and get track position really Steve Yance displayed on my timing screen as driving that car at the moment and is I mean in this cut and thrust battle involving the uh, Auto Arena Mercedes number 13 and the Fricadelli Racing Porsche car number 30 with Felipe Laza at the wheel of that Felipe Fernandez Laza to give him his full name as down the Dottinger comes the number 31 car re-emerging then in a relatively quiet section of track one Cayman to dispatch and can do that very tidily indeed on the long long straight of the Dottinger Hur it is dead straight as far as the steering wheel is concerned but there is still much gradient change as the car goes up and down and past the tourist lap area as well where you start and finish your tourist lap when you come and race the Nordschleife in your own road car the car hopping and skipping its way into Tiergarten and now Hohenrein the tighter chicane and 31 enjoyed a gap of about eight and a half minutes eight and a half minutes eight and a half seconds uh, last time through let's see what it is at the end of lap 10 the 31 car according to my notes pitted on lap 6 so is good to go to lap 14 as 
it now heads into the Mercedes Arena. Lots more traffic to deal with this time around. And the gap, interestingly, came down a little bit, mm. um, only marginally. 7.4 seconds now is the gap between the 31 Porsche and the number 11 Ferrari, which is the pro lineup. Yeah, so that's actually the Ferrari we'd expect to do a little better because it's a fully pro driver lineup as opposed to the 22, which is an SP9 premium entry. So the Ferraris are actually, oh no, that's not Ferrari, that's the uh, 997 K3, which uh, had the look of the Ferrari with its day glow yellow stripes, but the 22 going a little, rather the 11 car going a little bit wide into the first corner. Where is the 22, the sister Wockenspiegel team Monscher Ferrari? Surely about to reappear out of the last few corners in a moment or two. Meanwhile, the very Lotus-looking 1-2-0 Porsche heads through the cut-through now on the Grand Prix track. That's the Goda, Schlutter and Omer Cup 2 car, currently fourth in Cup 2. And Cup 2 is headed by still the 106 machine. They're doing a really good job, the other Gigaspeed car. We've mentioned quite a lot about Gigaspeed, Team Get Speed Porsches, sometimes getting together with one another, which we don't like to see. But the other car in that rank is the 106 and that car currently leading its class 10th overall we've got a fully clear track at last now oh, finally all slow zones so it'll be interesting to see what times they do because they've all been lapping uh, in excess of nine minutes uh, for the last one and you know that that's a full 60 seconds at least slower than uh, than what they have been doing as their best lap time so we see what they're going to do now but it also gives an indication it looks like a fantastic fight out there between the 213 and 5 cars uh, that being the uh, the number 2 gigaspeed Porsche uh, at the head of the, that trio, then it's the number 13 Auto Arena Motorsport, the uh, the Mercedes AMG GT3, uh, and that Audi R8 that just seems to blow hot and cold a little bit. I wonder whether that's not necessarily in its best health at the moment. Maybe not, and there's only one Audi R8 in SP9 here this weekend, and therefore, you know... As they are a customer team, Phoenix Racing, but uh, Audi don't have anybody else to call on as far as data is concerned. They're just relying on that sole Audi R8 entry, and it's been strong at other, uh, other uh, times through the year. Frank Stippler was in it for the first stint. It's now Vance on Kolb, the young uh, silver-graded driver, although Kolb showing much promise for the future. He doesn't share the sort of speed as uh, Frank Stippler though sadly and this is a point where maybe that car's going to lose a little bit more time the Opel Manta's in the garage that's something we never like to see Opel Manta a real legend of this race always appears during the Nürburgring 24 hours and the 617 Beckman Haas and Strycheck car with the Foxtail attached to the aerial is in the garage and that might I'm afraid be end of race for car 617 no visible damage on that machine. It's great to have the car again in the entry. Uh, and it's often a class winner when it can get to the finish line. But it looks like the team Ooh. are p paying no further attention to that car. It might be that uh, whatever needs fixing on it is a little bit beyond them. I, I think uh, we have had a change as well for the, uh, the group that we were 
talking about. Actually, the number five Audi, I think, is, uh, has got an issue with its uh, transponder because it's now showing, as per it shows me on my timing screen, that it is, in fact, ahead of the 13 and two cars I think now yeah the 13 and 2 are together in fact it looks like um, the Auto Arena Mercedes AMG has just got ahead so we just had a little bit of a hiccup there between uh, uh, those numbers but uh, in fact if anything it's showing me now that the number 5 Audi R8 is ahead of the number 22 Ferrari now those two were doing battle at one stage before they split out again so it'll be interesting to see once they come back we got a very wild moment for one of the uh, the red Porsche. I think that's one that we already saw a second ago. That's got some damage on the side. But yeah. when those two running for in third and fourth are uh, uh, come back into the sort of the, the the home stretch, if you will, we'll we'll get a bit of an idea. And then we we didn't stay long clear for long. We've got a code sixty again. By the way, the spinning Porsche was the number four five eight car. A very uh, Ferrari sounding race number that but I assure you it's a Porsche Cayman third place in V5 for that car which has rotated on the Grand Prix track and 458 is at the moment being driven by uh, Fabian Fink the man from Hamburg and Fabian shares that car with Jens Mutterfeint rather Mutterfeint and Marcus Sedmeyer Sedlmeyer rather so uh three German drivers run by the ADAC team Visor EMS crew uh, and a, a very standard looking Porsche Cayman it has to be said not too much sponsorship on that car all red and never like to see a car rotating but thankfully didn't hit anything solid and can now rejoin the code 60 is cleared already that was a nice quick one wasn't it Okay, so uh, Flansgarten it was, but it's gone straight away. I didn't see uh, um, anyone on the uh, screen as, as stopped, but uh, thankfully, all gone. It may well be reported on the VLN ticker in due course, and that will be uh, communicated back to us by at time certain clock or at right turn lover, who are always on the beat. Uh, still keeping up, us up to, to date as well with the mm. various code 60s and they're suggesting it may be the 120 card but although it has made its way to the pits hence it didn't show anybody right. stopped there so maybe sort of clouted the uh, the arm cove a little bit there left a bit of debris and yep. it's got going again there's a chance of that um, the 11 car is motoring on and I think 7.4 seconds as a gap will be a lot less than that in a moment or two for the two race leaders meanwhile a car is being recovered now uh, behind one of the unimogs that's the first unimog spot for me down the dotting of her comes that huge four-wheel drive unit and being covered behind by an Audi SUV intervention vehicle so again, that strange scenario, if you're unfamiliar with VLN racing and racing full stop around the Nordschleife, these incidents are dealt with in a live situation and covered by yellow flags, code 120s and code 60s. And as long as the drivers adhere to the warnings from the marshals, things are absolutely, or should be absolutely fine. But there's a massive queue now <laughs> behind. <laughs> looks now it looks even more like a motorway and you've got the highways agency sort of slowing everyone up behind it. It's like it? a rolling roadblock <laughs> that you would find on the M25. And the Audi R8, not from SP9, but the other car, an SP8, I think, because there are two R8s in very different uh, 
shapes, as it were, one with far more downforce than the other. The 148 car, which is the racing powered by HFG, entered Audi R8 LMS of Hensel and Fry. That car's been delayed. And it's actually almost trying to weave its way through the traffic because you're not allowed to do that. The difficulty here, of course, is everyone's being shown yellow flags, so no overtaking. But there, ca there are cars about five abreast here, already overlapping. Goodness knows what's going to happen when the green flag is waved. I think what was, uh, what was actually happening there was the SP9 cars were trying to find their way to the front of the pack. And now they are shown the green flag. But... We've got cars here that are, as I say, three, four, maybe even five abreast and several chicanes to come together with an Audi SUV and a Unimog, which has just been repairing Armco Barrier elsewhere around the track. I have a funny sense here, Chris, that this isn't going to go too well. Everyone it's needs to behave some themselves. serious speed they're taking past that lot, isn't it? I mean, it's a 120, isn't it, I think, in effect? Is and it's like a moving speed limit, though, which is, you know, trying to cover... The, re the intervention vehicles that are trying to find their way home safely. I was holding my breath for that, though. I must be honest, as they were coming through there. And did I see at the back there the 35 um, BMW, the uh, back out there running again? So that's good news. But, of course, we found out it wasn't an issue that caused them not to be on the front row, but all sorts of wrists being slapped. And... Yes. Uh, punishments metered out somewhat and uh, they're trying to make their way through I loved as well seeing in that gaggle there was a car that really stands out at me when I saw the photos of the, uh, the events earlier this year the VW Jetta yes How again a classic cracking. car a cracking yeah and you know you get you get cars of all sorts of different vintages taking part in VLN okay the very latest S uh, GT3 SP9 cars yes but there is a home for Opel Mantas and VW Jettas, there's that Mark III Golf, there's the Lexus ISF, which is a serious bit of kit and run by pretty much a works Lexus squad. So, yeah, the entry has always been wide and varied and actually a disappointing 136 cars and that's all entered in VLN4. We have been into the 160, 170 uh, sort of realm previously this year but uh, nevertheless in one single race to have 130 odd cars is quite impressive and I noticed looking at uh, sort of like entry lists and, and results from the uh, the first three this year is that it looks like it's that kind of um, I know it's a championship but I get the impression that some treat it as a series as well where they'll sort of dip in dip out probably depending on what else they're competing in around the world what state their car and their team is and, and what have you but certainly some pretty big names dipping in and out both as teams and as drivers yes and and actually you'll find that the biggest entry the most impressive entry comes in vln1 and vln2 because they're the two vln races prior to the nurburgring 24 when people are trying to get qualified for that race and trying to get experience ahead of that race as well once the nurburgring 24 is out of the way in may there is a natural drop-off in vln just because, as you say, priorities are elsewhere in sure. things like the ADAC Masters and Blancpain and you know, Le Mans. Um, so, yeah, we, but but I think we still are to expect teams like Manti to come back with a fully works uh, Porsche entry, maybe. Uh, and I know Manti are busy this weekend in Portugal for the 24-hour race there. There's just so much racing to do these days uh, of course there in is. GT3. And, and, you know, you've got to, you've got to pick and choose wisely but VLN is always well subscribed and, and you get the kind of hardcore entry that come and turn out for these races 
not quite week in, week out, because you know they're every couple of weeks, generally speaking. Then you have a gap of say a month, and then there are two more on the spin. Uh, but there's still plenty more to look forward to, and I'm delighted to say that we're broadcasting them all here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. This is VLN4. There are nine races altogether through the course of the year. The dates were announced uh, towards the back end of last year, actually. And after this one, a six-hour race to look forward to. Um, and then VLN 6, 7, 8, 9 are back to the more conventional four-hour length. I'll get you a date, actually, for the sixth-hour edition. It's on the 18th of August, which will be covered here on the Radio Show Limited Network of Channels. So that's VLN 5, a six-hour race. VLN 6 is at the start of September, then three weeks later, VLN 7. And then there are two more to look forward to in October, on the 6th and the 20th of October. Always Saturday races. Overlapping on the Dottinger Hur, Mercedes darting by a Pixum Team Adrenaline BMW. The Pixum Team always turning out with their traditional sky blue and uh, orange livery. And 666 had been the race leader until recently. Let's just see how things are doing in Cup 5 because the 666 car had established a bit of a lead, but that's changed, and that must have changed in the last wave of pit stops. So the current leader in Cup 5 looks to be 650. Ah, but on this lap, 65, no, on the previous lap, 650 pitted, and that does indeed leave the 666 car out front. Uh, the Porsche Cayman was the car that spun. And it already had damage on the side, the red 458. You could, it sort of zoomed onto the side so we could see it. Uh, yeah, and it had what looked like a harmless pirouette, to be honest, didn't it? It sort of like exited the corner, just ran a little bit wide, and the, uh, the tail end spun round on it. But that looked like it was going slow there, didn't it? Unless it is flat-spotted tyres in the spin, and now on the rest of the lap, that, tire, that flat spot has uh, developed into, into, a, into a puncture, or a slow puncture at least. It almost looks like that car's it's crabbing. crabbing. Yeah. yeah. And it looked like the rear wheels of car 458 were not pointing in the same direction there. The rear wheels are trying to head out of the circuit for an ice cream while the front ones are still trying to keep going. Uh, yes, <laughs> trying, to, trying to find its way into the pit lane. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a day for an ice cream exactly. as well. So can hardly blame the rear wheels for that. But tremendous bit of car control from the driver to thread its way into the pit lane. When the barriers get very, very close indeed. Uh, this is the dice for the lead in Cup 5. 666 versus the number one Michael Schreikar. And this has survived the pit stops, for goodness sake, because these two working together, and the one car's driving up the inside there, and he's done it. <laughs> Fantastic move. But those two were scrapping like this before they even did the pit stops. I reckon they just waited for each other after they'd done their stops. Yeah. <laughs> well, Michael Schreikar champion from last year that's the reason why he's got the number one on the door and no stranger to getting the elbows out and trying to get ahead in the cup five division but in the 666 car i can't tell you annoyingly who it is it's either muller otto or poika and let's have a look uh, joseph i know there's been a oh, hang on I'll get the drivers correct for you in a moment or two. The 666, they're still dicing, by the way, or they were a moment or two ago. They're heading now onto the hats and back. Tobias Muller, Nico Otto and Lars Poika. And they have now disappeared onto the hats and back, totally together. And I'm sure they will stay together for the, the rest of this lap, pretty much, and beyond. So there was I thinking that the treble six car had disappeared up the road not to be caught Mikael Schrei had different plans and has uh, spent the, the 
main part of that part of that stint reeling the 666 car in actually that is a point i'm wrong aren't i because it wasn't the 666 the 666 was down the road but the one car was involved with one of the with about five of the cars for second place mm. in that class yeah so uh, actually the 666 didn't do well in that pit stop. no it's uh, I just remembered the one being involved with a similar coloured car. I just certainly remember yes. there being a, a two-tone blue car. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but, I mean, that's good for us because we now have a nose-to-tail fight for the lead of the class. Meanwhile, are these more M235i BMWs? 677 is one of them. And, yes, that's a Cup 5 car battling with 672 for 7th and 8th places in Cup 5 no, 674 it is. So that's actually 8th and ninth places. So 677 ahead of 674, yes. 8th and ninth in a 15-car Cup 5 class. Somewhat, uh, great comment by um, Time Certain Clock saying that Ralph Schull, who is currently leading the H4 class in the Porsche, can claim his 100th class victory today if he defends his position. That's monumental. 100th class victory, OK. Uh, just think about how many races they must have done to get to that level of being uh, of taking trophies home. Uh, Opel Calibra, another car I spot for the first time in this race. <laughs> We're now two hours in, and I also spotted a bright yellow Honda Accord, I think. Might have been a Civic. No, it looked like a Honda Accord Type R, maybe. The 715 car from the v, v4 division. So... Still, I haven't got to grips with this entry list yet. I, I'm <laughs> convinced that they are throwing new cars out from the, from the paddock, thinking, OK, we've lost a few. Just get these guys out with two hours to go. And Let's make confuse sure, Johnny. Make sure we're at a full capacity on the track. You know, <laughs> they've, they've paid their entry fee. They've just had to wait a little bit of time to join the, uh, join the race. Uh, here comes the five Phoenix Audi into Hohenrein, tucked in ahead of the 588 Porsche. 588 and the 997K3 still not very far away from one another. Uh, 588 leads H4, but by a very small margin over the 600 car. Fourth place in class is the uh, Mercedes car number 13. As the two Porsches around the Mercedes have pitted on the same lap. Now, is this lap 12? Because that would tally, yes it is, so that would tally with, remember the number two car was the first stopper on lap four. So that's a, an eight lap stint then for car number two. And that's pretty much the maximum you can do on a full tank of fuel. But also in is the number 30 car. And when did that car pit? Car 30. Oh, I didn't note that down annoyingly. Might have been the same. Oh, here we go, lap seven. Okay, so lap seven and lap 12 five lap stint for car 30 then mm. that's that's mildly concerning unless they're deciding to do a short stint for that for for stint two and then they're going to do a you know a large uh, third and fourth stints i think the idea of of basically gaining a pit stop is out the window now you yeah. know you were talking about yeah. if that code 60 stayed out for long enough um because it's not all been taken in but certainly the barrier damage that was being addressed at Vipperman and Brunchen and Flansgarten. That's, yeah, Flansgarten completely clear now. Although Brunchen, interestingly, one. is now restricted to 120 kilometres per hour. 483 stopped in the middle of that by the looks of it. Okay. Yes. That's the um, 
uh, one of the BMW 325s, um, Mike Kraska and Andreas Roloff in number 483. So that looks like it stopped. I, I love the fact that Vince Pettit or Petty has uh, has uh, summed up. I love how bonkers VLN is. <laughs> totally, it's fantastic. This is so so good. It is bonkers. though, you're right. Oh, <laughs> huge off for the 57 Ooh. car, 57 Black Falcon machine. And yeah, I can only tell you that because it carries an onboard camera. So those enjoying the live stream will have had a roller coaster ride there off probably two barriers. I think it went in one side, then clanged off that and into the other side. So maybe making contact initially to drivers left has come back across the track, thankfully not collecting anybody, and clattered into the barrier on drivers right. Is now facing the wrong way as well. And hopefully I'll get another opportunity to describe that for you as a, one of the Peugeots is now back on the move. <laughs> that looked like a Peugeot RCZ. Yes, uh, RCZ Cup car from Team Rally Top. That car is an SP2T machine, number 385, 66 overall. The 57 car, oh, yeah, almost. I tell you, that car nearly turned over. It went into the barrier that heavily, and it's gone in backwards. Drivers left initially and bent quite a lot of the barrier back that side and then come back across the track and tagged the barrier again. Well, that will have grabbed the driver's attention, certainly. It grabbed ours, for goodness sake, with that onboard, didn't it? So no doubt about that. Uh, and I love the fact that um, uh, Time Certain Clock said, Code 120, Car 483, I'm sure we saw. Man, I go get a drink and it goes crazy with two hours, five to go. Uh, ouch, number 57, exactly as, uh, as we said, is that uh, it, it definitely is bonkers. Car number five, the Audi R8 that I said was uh, was sort of like seemed to be intermittent on it, then not on it. Right turn lover said lost nine seconds in sector three and got passed by at least one car. Quick spin and continue maybe? It's possible. We'll have to see that and see yeah. whether that is the case. Um, could be a good shout though. Marcel uh, Duke said lucky VW Golf number 401 had a spin at Beloff S with no impact. How do you do that in this circuit? Oof. Well, speaking of no impact, I'm afraid a very different story for the 979 Porsche, which has limped back home. But we talked about radiator damage in a Porsche, particularly if it gets uh, damaged to the nose. Well, fluid leaking out from that 979 from the front left corner. Amazingly, the 57 is back on the move now, now Chris. Incidentally, you just at the point that you said fluid leaking out of that 979, now the 57 car we're on board again with now as it's trying to uh, limp its way back towards the pits. Now, because we're on board, it means we can't see the damage that this car has, uh, has, has taken. Although, is that now looking at it? We may well see something in a moment. But as yeah. it went round the corner, there was the slippery surface flag. Yes. Now, I wonder whether that's the 979. Could that be what happened to the 57 as it suddenly arrived on the scene of the fluid on the track because it looked like it had thrown it at the scenery before it even got to the corner, didn't yes. it? Yes, and, and I have to say, an unusual mistake for car 57 because they, at the time, were class leaders in SP7. Amazingly, still labelled as class leaders because the nearest SP7 competitor is way down in 25th position now the team are going to have to get this car back to the to pits and try and do some running repairs on it but it's not going to look pretty from the rear end we're treated only to the front section at the moment which looks just like it came out of the factory I'm delighted to say so there's no damage on the front of the 57 it's very different on the rear I can only guess as the car, again, I'm sure is crabbing. Yes, it is. That car is not travelling in the straight line down the Dottinger Hurt. And certainly one of the 
wheels on the rear of that car not pointing in the right direction. It's almost as if there are three wheels steering on this wagon. And sensibly, the driver is staying well off the racing line to allow Ferrari number 139 by and a BMW from the M235i class. Do you know, that's actually not too bad. It's rear right which is carrying the most damage, but considering the car was almost pitched up into the air and onto its roof... That's incredible. I can't believe how little damage there is to that rear right corner. Without a doubt, it's going to come in the pits, and they might have to get some rudimentary pit lane work done on here, and I'm talking lump hammers and crowbars to try and get the bodywork away from the tyre. But again, that car is not travelling straight down the pit lane. There is cer certainly some steering input from the rear wheels there. So tracking ruined and possibly more. <laughs> and annoyingly for car 57, Black Falcon, who run that car, Black Falcon are always based at pit out. So we've got, you know, the journey all the way down the pit lane. Well, and unsurprisingly, Porsche is going to be driven straight into the garage. But Black Falcon, if you want a team that are going to try and fix a car as quickly as possible... You want to look to Black Falcon. Now, are they going to write this off straight away or are they going to think it's worth doing something about this? It seems a real shame. Oh, a buckled wheel as well, isn't it? That's a very yes. buckled wheel. seems a real shame to maybe write, you know, to, to, to call time on this race with still half of it to go because we are a minute to the hour now. So, 2 o'clock very nearly in Germany, 1 p.m. here in the UK and maybe different times wherever you are if you're staying up late at night or maybe you have got up early in the morning thank you for joining us here on RS3 Chris Dawes and Johnny Palmer taking you through VLN4 on the radio show limited network of channels a very very busy weekend for us with live racing from Portimao in the Algarve with the latest race in the 24H series that's on RS1 the Le Mans Classic is this weekend the biannual event Martin Haven, Bruce Jones and Jim Roller bringing you coverage of that uh, across the weekend on both RS1 and RS3. And of course RS2 in full action as well. RS2 IMSA Radio with John Hindoff, Jeremy Shaw and Shay Adam. North of the border in Canada for the latest round of the IMSA WeatherTech Sports Car Championship together with the Continental Tyre Sports Car Challenge. So that's two hours done here on RS3. We still have two hours to go for VLN4. And the 31 car leads the way then for Fricadelli Racing. This is lap 14. And the lead is 25 seconds, just over 25 seconds, back to the number 11 Ferrari. They're both SP9 Pro machines. The 22 car, driven by Jochen Krumbach, a premium-entered SP9 machine, is third. That's car 22. Into the pits from fourth place on the road is the number 13 Auto Arena Motorsport Mercedes. Fifth place, the number two, Gigaspeed Team Getspeed uh, Porsche. Despite that trip off into the gravel, amazing that car is still in fifth place and ahead of the number 30 car from Fricadelli and the number 55 from, uh, that's the SPX entered Renault RSO1. So just, Chris, as this race sort of takes a, a little bit of a rhythm, gets a pattern going, you know, you get a code 60 or you get an off-kilter pit stop and it throws all our predictions sky high again. That's why you're on your own in making predictions, mate. I've got to tell you, I've, <laughs> I've got Very a padlock on my wallet, that's for sure. Very wise. Not for the first time. I've got to check, is this absolutely right? The number 13 car, that's one driver doing the whole thing. 
I haven't seen Patrick Assenheimer out of that car yet. It is possible to do it uh, with just one driver because... I'm tired just thinking of that. I know. I mean, yes, you don't get any respite at all, do you, in terms of... Uh, Okay, you come in for three pit stops during the race, so there's a little bit of breathing space there, but ideally you want to be clambering out of the car, particularly on a warm day, as it is at the Nürburgring at the moment, mid-twenties, ambient temperature, far higher track temperature. Uh, but I think Mikael Schrei has entered as a lone driver as well, the, the driver in the number one BMW. There is a cracking crowd, by the way, here this weekend, with uh, the spectators turning out in force that's I down at Brunchen I think isn't it that bit where they've taken the photo it looks like it's a brilliant photo yeah which is where that Lamborghini of course from Conrad Motorsport had a huge crash catching a BMW at the wrong time entirely I was suggesting that Mikael Schrein the number one BMW was doing this as a solo effort he, in fact he's not he's sharing with Mark Errett this weekend but yeah my entry list and yours would uh, tell us that Patrick Assenheimer is doing a, a bit of a heroic stint here. What I will try and do is see whether Auto Arena Motorsport have a, a Twitter feed to see whether they've changed their plans. It might be that the initial entry list has been tweaked ever since it first was released. Down the main straight comes not the race leader but the sister car from Frickadelli Racing, the number 30 machine. This is the Klaus Abelin, Sabina Schmitz and Philippe Laza car. Turning right at turn one and around uh, the Mercedes arena. Uh, right turn lover has said the number 13 car on the quali results, which, uh, which I didn't manage to grab, is uh, listed as being driven by Patrick Assenheimer and Christian Hohendahl. Uh, might be Hohenardel, actually. Hohenardel, yes. sorry, sorry, sorry. No, no. no Hohenardel. Yeah, uh, Christian Hohenardel, a bit of a Mercedes specialist, actually. So that would make complete sense. And has raced for things like the um, the Manfilter team in the past. So Hohenardel is just into his 40s now. And a gold-graded driver from Dudweiler in Germany has done so many Nürburgring 24 hours I mean stretching back to 2005 maybe further than that 2004 I have as his very first Nürburgring 24 hours so not only a Mercedes AMG specialist but also a track specialist too so okay that makes a bit more sense Christian Hohenardel and Patrick Assenheimer what we haven't had sadly oh no it's just changed I tell a lie so that's the first time the 13 <laughs> car that would have provided us with the answer as well that's the first time that Astenheim has not been listed alongside the 13 if I'd and just kept quiet for a little bit longer eh? <laughs> <laughs> but again got away with that. again I'm just indebted to everyone as part of the collective who can uh, bring us this news uh, obviously you know we, we are a little bit uh, limited shall we say by not being at the Nürburgring but I, I'm so grateful to people like well all our regulars really Time Certain Clock and Right Turn Lover but Josh Barrett always mucks in as well to fill in the blanks and many other people I'm noticing actually for the first time getting involved on Twitter today so I, I really hope that we are able to enlighten people and bring the VLN to those that haven't yet discovered it and uh, I, I mean I've, I've many Marshall mates who Marshall in the UK 
uh, and the coverage that we've done here on the Radio Show Limited Network this year and last year, they've gone, God, Johnny, I didn't even know this VLN Championship existed. And now that marshals that normally flag at, say, Silverstone and Donington, desperate to try and get involved in Germany now at one of these VLN events. Well, I, I, I knew it existed, but what I probably didn't appreciate is, A, how good it was until I was watching it uh, for research purposes in, in the build-up to today. Yes. And secondly, when I announced to, to uh, friends and what have you that I was doing this, um, that they went, oh, wow, VLN, I love that. I'm absolutely hooked on that. It's brilliant. And, uh, and I agree. These guys, thank you so much for your help. It is wicked. It, and it's just so good that we're all, uh, we're all doing this together. We're all enjoying this. Uh, as plenty of people said, bonkers race, uh, it, it is together and see all the bits that we can't and certainly David Faulkner from Australia who's been watching, apologies lads but I'm calling it a night here, dad duties early in the morning thank you for, for staying up and watching with us congratulations on another cracking call especially man on debut, there we go I got ah, Chris, out. there you go, hey. see I'm pleased with that, thank you mate, I appreciate that Fan, thank you very fans much. far and wide already I do appreciate that <laughs> well, depending on where they are in Australia um it's uh, yeah, it could be about eleven o'clock, so it's um, nearing the end. And obviously, if there are plans for nearing the end of the day, if there are plans for Sunday morning, very wise to uh, to nip off. But you can revisit it, remember, because uh, the podcast will be available, and uh, certain um, streaming sites in future days will have uh, the full race in vision with our commentary over the top as well perfectly synced so there's opportunity if you do have to head away at any point to catch up on this race uh, in future days and weeks 378 car crashed alone apparently according to time certain clocks helper um, we had a code 60 at, at uh, Vipperman for car 666 co- ah, 666 so we've had a code 60 for the triple six car wow okay so wh- what has that done in terms of what was that that was the cup five, cup five. it's left Mikel Schrei who uh, is not going solo this weekend in the number one car out front from 679 which is the ADAC team visor wow. uh, BMW M235i and then Tristan Vidas in that sort of red and orange BMW that car is third so long time leader treble six what yeah. happened to that car then? Into the Barry, did you say? No, I don't... Uh, has anybody said what actually happened? Code 60, Vipperman, car 666. But, yeah, we, what we don't know is whether that was contact, whether it was a tyre blowout. We've had a few. We had um, car 397, or it might have been 387. It uh, also had a moment. So we, all, we had sort of about three different things happen at uh, a same time. Yeah. Well, that's... Uh, a real shame for a car that was well positioned and was showing really good sp- speed this weekend. I'll try and uh, find an update on that. Oh, there we go. Time certain clock, obviously uh, from over in Australia as well. Uh, says in Sydney it's 10:08 a.m. Uh, where I am is 9:37. No, it must be p.m. PM, yeah. Yeah, uh, Perth's an hour and a Saturday half behind over me. there. So, uh, time set clock, good man. Lachlan Hughes, uh, my first VLN. There we go. Pleased to hear this, Lachlan. Uh, and this is brilliant racing. I'm also enjoying the commentary. It's great with the Twitter interaction from Australia too. 10 p.m. So, Lachlan's from Australia as well. Good man. Uh, it's like a full global effort, isn't, isn't it? To, to stay on top of a four-hour race, which spans, you know, 25 kilometres 
and uh, the whole track is not covered by external cameras. If you're tuned to the, the 666 car in the barrier, wow, it is, it's in the barrier. It? And I only caught sight of that because one of the many uh, camera cars, one of the many cars carrying onboard cameras, had just gone by that incident scene as I was uttering that sentence, I'm afraid. And the 666 car, uh, it didn't look too badly damaged, but it was up against the wall and therefore that suggests maybe front left, left damage and perhaps suspension failure. So let's have a look. Yes, it is listed on the, on the ticker. It's on the exit of Hoa Act. 31's in the pits as well now. OK, well, this might be an opportune time to do a stop because there are obviously code 60s out around the circuit. Now, I, I didn't quite catch who that was, but um, if they're doing a driver change as well, of course, it'll be Norbert Seidler that'll be jumping back into that car. Yes. As they 45 degree it, getting it ready for that car to go back out again. Um, yep, they're just removing the, uh, the jacks from the bottom or the wheels from the bottom, and they'll be getting it going. It's just the incident for the car 666 just described as accident for the runner-up because the 666 was in second place at the time behind the number one car but I have no other details than that on the live ticket and maybe more news will emerge but that's a real shame and uh, has well it doesn't end the battle in cup five because that's guaranteed to run and run for the next hour and 48 minutes we often heading on to the final lap have uh, cup five cars still in a big old gaggle to use one of your words <laughs> uh, and you think these cars can't have been racing for four hours they're still like they're on the first lap but somehow <laughs> they are it's, uh, it's amazing to me 588 finally making the break from that beefy looking k3 car remember they were running nose to tail from the the lead of the second group and we had 588 versus 600 for a long long time but the race leader now sitting on the pit lane apron all the work's been done by the appearance, yes, uh, now it's just a matter of allowing the clock to tick down so that the minimum pit stop time is adhered to. The minimum pit stop time is measured from pit in to pit out. So there's a clever little bit of calculation that needs to be done to release the car at the right time so that it doesn't trigger the timing loop too early at the end of the pit lane. You can do it too late, of course, but you don't want to be you know, 10 seconds too late. You want to run it as close as possible. 600 car. Yeah, quite a bit further back now from Long 588. Way. So yeah. finally, 588 has established a decent lead here in H4. I have the H4 leader having just done a 9.39 and car 600. Was this a slow lap? 9.33. Respectable. I think all the time has been lost on this lap, actually. It might be that one pitted and the other one didn't, of course. And therefore, once 588 pits, it will bring them back onto an even keel. We should be able to see. We should be able to work that out, shouldn't we? For the 600 car. Once. Uh, the, yeah. No, they both only pitted once. Yeah, and the sector one time suggests to me that that was not an outlap for the Kramer Racing 997K3. So I think that's actually lost genuine time somewhere around the track. Uh, race leader back out again but that will leave the number 11 car now in the lead of the race so 14 laps now completed and the next time we expect car 31 in then having competed on lap 14 will be lap 21 
possibly 22, but it looks like the 31 car is, is doing the even split, you know, 28 laps, uh, four stints to do, so do four stints of seven laps. I've just looked, I'm very pleased to see this, the number 30 car, I've noticed, has now made two stops, so we missed that one jump into the pits, and it's uh, Sabine Schmidt that's at the wheel. Excellent. I know, again, it sounds like I'm obsessed with, uh, with Sabine, but I am a massive, massive fan of her in, uh, as, as a person, as a fighter, and as a driver. Now, this on the screen, we're seeing the 695 car in, and with the people around him, that looks like he's serving a penalty more than a pit stop, doesn't that it? Is, that is correct, yes, because the pit stop penalty, uh, the, the penalty box, is right at the start of the pit lane. And now, if that's down to gaining time through a code 60, or if it's uh, to do with track limits, I mean, it could be all manner of things, uh, but you have to come in and serve that. Normally, you can do that uh, during a regular pit stop, though. So you get to the end of your natural stint, come in to see the team, but before you go down to the team, you've got to sit in that penalty box for however long the officials say. Then you move down to your team, you get serviced, you maybe change your driver and return to the race. Pulling off now on the side is the one and only SP4 Turbo car, the 266 Porsche Cayman S718 of uh, Peter Bonk and Marco van Ramshorst. Now, uh, it is trying to get going again now. There was a recovery vehicle coming up behind it somewhere, but uh, I didn't see... Right at the end of the lap that was as well. Um, so, right at the end of the lap at Hohen Rhein. So the cars are continuing on and 266 may need to be recovered in a moment or two. So 492 heading through the cut through there and down the hill towards the Vidal chicane. Meanwhile and apologies, by the way, that we've got a little bit of bleed-through by the sounds of things from uh, IMSA Radio at the moment. So I mentioned it was a busy weekend on RS2 IMSA Radio. But uh, the voice you hear in the background sounds very much like Jeremy Shaw and probably John Hindoff as well. But we'll continue on with our commentary, kind of double-decked double version of VLN. Uh, <laughs> with uh, 31, 11, 22 and 36 are the cars that uh, are first, second, third and fourth. No pit stoppers on lap 14. Well, 31 has now rejoined, of course, so that will tumble down the order. I reckon we've got the 11 car then out front from the 22 to Wockenspiegel Team Monschau, Ferrari's first and second from the probably number 36 Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW, but we will wait and see in what order they come through. The two Ferraris very close to one another though and separated by a small margin indeed. Actually Louise it may be that it's just me hearing the yeah I think possibly what's happened is that I'm hearing RS2 and hopefully everyone at home isn't doing but if we could maybe prevent that. Chris you're hearing it too okay uh, so we need to do a little bit of rewiring as far as we're concerned uh, but we will push on nevertheless so the 31 car, uh, 22 seconds out front with 10 seconds back, the 22 car. And 
Phoenix. It looks like the Phoenix Racing uh, Audi R8 number five has really lost out. Now it has made its second pit stop, but it's running down in tenth place, uh, and for whatever reason, what's it got ahead of it? One, two, three, four, five, six. It's got something like six cars ahead of it that have also made two pit stops. That may still sort of work itself out a little bit uh, um, in a moment when everybody else has done their pit stops, but. Uh, that does look like the Audi R8's not in full health, is it? No. Uh, a couple of R8s, of course, in the entry. The five car from Phoenix Racing and the... Uh, oh, that's good news. Time Certain Clock reporting that uh, everyone at home can't hear him, sir. So it's just us then. And uh, that special talent to be able to continue <laughs> to talk while somebody else is talking in your ears uh, has steadily been trained. Uh, it's, be, it's trying to be sorted. <laughs> and... Um, Rob, who has just arrived to look after uh, things from London as far as an IMSA perspective is concerned, is uh, frantically trying to sort that out for me. Matrix. But, you know, <laughs> it's fine. Once, once I've heard it, their voices for a little while, I'll probably get used to them and be able to continue with our commentary. The 11 car looking like it's going to come down pit road, and it is, with an hour and 40 still on the clock. This is then from the race lead. Yes, Bockenspiegel team Monschau Ferrari at down pit road from the race lead with the 31 car about to maybe retake the lead this time around then how far back is the 22 I wonder as these Ferraris have you know gone sort of yin and yang through the race they at times have been nose to tail then separated by a significant chunk just depending on where they come across the code 60s it's going to be a full service for the number 11 ferrari brand new set of michelin tires they're clearing the windscreen as well and the driver clambering out too so that will be it for now what i can't tell you whether whether it was vice mensal or t'other mensal driving that car for the stint some good times coming through nevertheless leonard vice Christian Menzel and Nico Menzel are the three drivers allocated to car 11. So, the next question is, who's going to be the next race leader through, I wonder? It's the 22 that's gone through. Love. So, 11 car pits, 22 stays out and retakes the race lead, which it had at the end of lap eight, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> and I, they just did a, a close-up there on the uh, on the TV footage of it that uh, showed the outside rim of those tyres that they've just taken off and where the Pirelli colours of obviously blue and yellow and the wording in white was around uh, on the rubber. It was basically rubbed out by uh, with black on it. So it had clearly been getting rather close to a few walls out there, which yeah. is uh, <laughs> it's a cracking way to do it. Yeah. I just I had a confirmation as well of two things. One good news, secondly terrifying, is that uh, my wife just texted to say they can only hear us. Now that's good news, but means I also now know I've got to watch what I say. That, <laughs> yeah, that's also true. Um, <laughs> no. no, I was just I was fearful because obviously uh, RS2 in our ears, and I just I hated the fact that we may be being drowned out, and it is so difficult to listen to two different broadcasts at the same time. But as far as everybody at home or wherever you are around the world enjoying this you're getting us uh, as a clean feed so that's uh, good news as far as i'm concerned so 22 31 and now probably 36 creeping up into third position we'll confirm that in a moment the 435 car having a good dice though through the mercedes arena with 396 so that is for second and third in the v6 category team matol racing ahead of black falcon team tmd it is the uh, 
yeah, Matol car just ahead. Car 435. That looks like a Black Falcon car just behind. Yes, it is. 396 car. So 0.1 of a second separating the second and third place V6 cars. Pixum Team Adrenaline hang on to the V6 leader, though. Car 400. Meanwhile, we're waiting for the race leader to come back across the line. What have we got? 31 due any moment. And, in fact, has gone across the line now to put 15 laps in the book. The 11 car we know has been delayed. So I reckon currently we've got 22 from 31 now, first and second. 55 is the SPX Dieter Schmidtmann Renault running in fifth position. 11 car back into the race. Careful not to cross the blend line. And the Wockenspiegel team Manchow Ferrari back into the race. That's the SP9 Pro car, of course. And theoretically should be a little faster than the combination of the premium drivers. Audi and Porsche side by side. I'm reminded, by the way, quite how much uh, chalk and diagrams there are on the <laughs> racetrack as spectators have crept out probably on Friday night into Saturday morning to make their mark on the circuit and that often stays there all the way through the race 22% brain capacity being taken up by the driver in the number two giga speed get speed uh, Porsche which is being driven by Andreas Bockman I'll tell so you what Bockman was versus Stippler uh, in the Audi sorry Johnny I'll tell all you right. what was really really good there the number five uh, Audi R8 just managed to get past the uh, giga speed number two Porsche there and uh, as after he'd done that they got into I, I think it was uh, down at uh, the uh, Hohenrain section that yep. they were just right coming into. The the and uh, the Audi R8 was very cleverly right up behind a back marker, pulled out at the last minute to go through. Well, of course, the Gigaspeed Porsche, you actually saw him sort of almost sort of, you know, take a moment because that back marker, slower back marker, appeared at the last minute from the uh, from behind the uh, the Audi R8 yeah. and it meant that the Audi R8 managed to gap the uh, the Porsche in an instant there I know. clever use of a back marker to his advantage uh, yeah and you can sometimes steer a fellow car towards the back marker box them in yeah. and then you know take the place and that's clever sneaky multi class racing <laughs> yeah it is very I mean, it's, it's cheeky and sneaky but it's very much part of of the regulations and you know a permitted uh, and the beauty of, of multi-class racing is that obviously lots of different cars out there are going many different speeds and if you can just usher somebody towards a slower car they are you know the, the, their choice is to back out of the throttle or to run into the back of the, uh, of, the of the person in front so certainly you could you could visually see that he chose the more obvious one he sort of just backed out of it yeah, yeah I mean you have little option and, and then all of a sudden that's place gained by the Audi so Stippler who is the faster of the two between Vincent Kolb and Frank Stippler? Now trying to get that Phoenix Audi back into a decent position. Let's see what happens over the next lap. 3.3 seconds is the gap, though. Or at least was the gap at the start of this race. More cars started this lap, shall we, between the two Ferraris. Another car in the penalty box. SP8 machine this time around the Ackerman, Lukov, Nikov and Viskirchen uh, Porsche in for a stop and that car is about to be sent down to the team probably for a full service as well just as soon as it's soaked up its penalty uh, time there's also quite a lot of dust in the air 
towards the end of the lap a moment or two ago uh, down at Tiergarten, which suggested a bit of a moment. That might just be actually sunlight reflecting back off is, the circuit and just causing a bit of an optical But this was the part I was talking about, that the number five Audi R8, we've just seen the replay of it, where the five passed the number two gigaspeed and they got uh, up into the uh, the twiddly section there of uh, Hohenrain. I'm pretty certain that's where it was. Uh, and you saw where he used that uh, white BMW back marker to his advantage to to complete that move, I guess, in reality, making sure there's no way back for the Gigaspeed Porsche. Yeah. He's, he's stuck back there, and you can see that you can't... We're, we're riding back on board on the uh, footage with the number two uh, Porsche, and where's the Audi R8 gone? And I'm assuming he's still ahead of it because it's disappeared into the distance, and uh, job done. Now, I've just suddenly realised that the, uh, the Cup 2 leader uh, in this particular race at the moment, the 106 car, another Gigaspeed car, that's not in my entry list. I don't have that down uh, as an official entry, although it was, I know it's a provisional entry. Did you have that one down? Um, I don't think I did, no. Um, so, yeah, yeah, any news that uh, we have on that car, then by all means get in touch. So, an hour and a half still to go, and plenty more action to come. There are intervention vehicles pouring their way down the Dottinger Hur, by the way. And one of them is quite a large pickup truck, which has been tending to an incident. I've got to say, we've got Mario uh, Polson dropping us tweets as well. That's uh, Whipperman 24 hour, although I think he was uh, officially sending them through to time, uh, at time certain race. And, um, or time certain clock as the official line is. Um, some photos from, and I'm, I'm pretty certain he's up there at, uh, at Brunchen we know is the challenging part anyway and they're actually doing barrier repairs up there at the moment so he sent us a photograph of them doing the barrier repairs going into a slow zone here at the moment with the, with the onboard as well yeah it's a very busy part <laughs> of the track certainly and now into a code 60 or no actually more of a, a temporary area uh, of speed restriction uh, through Hohenrein Tiergarten as some of the SUVs that have been tending to incidents elsewhere on the circuit are making their way back to their little housing areas, one of which actually kept in the pit lane. Oh, and the Ferrari at top speed shooting in for a scheduled pit stop. Needing to be cautious <laughs> there that there was a, an Audi intervention vehicle heading back to the pit lane. Tucked in behind as it was. But Ferrari well alert to that. And Jochen Krumbach scored as the leader as it makes its stop but this time around the number 11 car will be out front I reckon which is waiting for the cars to reappear out of uh, sector 4 so sector 4 is the longest sector of the lap remember and we're back to 4 minutes I noticed there so that would be indicative of a code 60 and indeed there it is between Hoa Act and Vipperman so not sure what incident is being attended to there? Possibly the is that the 13 car which is looking slow. And I think it, that 13 car is still moving. So we will get news in a moment or two what the problem is at Vipperman and on towards Brunchen. Meanwhile, Ferrari number 22 is being serviced in the pit lane. We also have the number 11 car expected across the line in a moment or two the 31 Porsche due back across the line in any moment as well 
that 31 car is just over half a minute ahead of the 30 machine. Fifth place, the number 13 Auto Arena Motorsport Mercedes. Christian Hohenardel doing the driving now, having taken over from Patrick Assenheimer last time. And in sixth place, would you believe a Cup 2 car is now up to sixth place overall. Incredible bit of driving there from the Gigaspeed team. Get Speed entered Porsche of uh, Fabian Hamprecht, I think that is. Let's just check. No, Philip Hamprecht, to beg your pardon, with Manuel Lauk and Fa Fabian Schiller. So three drivers, very, very capable indeed. And we maybe shouldn't be... Oh, no, hang on about the 102 there aren't I where I should be talking about the 106 looks like that car's been renumbered on the latest entry list yes it was down on the entry list that was released uh, on the 4th of July as car 102 but they've changed the race number confusingly car 102 is effectively the 106 isn't it yeah so car 106 sixth place really good effort from those guys it's an SP9 Pro car that leads the way from a couple of premiums and SPX is in 10th position now the 55 Dieter Schmidtman Renault RS01 I see what you mean yeah one, I've got it as 102 but you've, it's 106 well, you've scribbled and adjusted haven't you I have now excellent <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that one hour and 30 minutes to go and the 31 car has come back round again to start another lap. Just picking up on a, a few things that I've now noticed on the tracker, that the 57, the Black Falcon Porsche, that we saw have that sort of double barrier moment. We saw it come into the pits. They still haven't got it repaired and back out just yet. It's still in the pits with no transponder on. And incidentally, the, the uh, BMW M6, uh, the, the Volkenhorst Motorsport, number 35, their trials and tribulations look like they're carrying on because it, it, according to that, it would appear that they are... Either their transponder's just not working or they're back in the pits, and I would assume it's the latter. Yeah, I mean, that's a real sorry day for car 35. Sometimes teams will just wish they hadn't bothered getting out of bed in the morning. And <laughs> oh, look at this. Sorry, just going to jump in a second because this is going to be... Is this for the lead now? Is it the, uh, the 30 cars just... Uh, uh, got caught up with the 22 Ferrari that's just exited the pits and they're still going side by side um, but the Porsche the number 30 Porsche has indeed taken it that's not for the lead actually that's for uh, third place that'll be won't it uh, yes uh, third and fourth the Porsche was scored as fourth position over the line and yeah car 22 rejoining of course that was mental just as he came out the pits they were going for it and i say that after over an hour and a half of the race and that's what happens when they exit the pits they're still joined together i got confused uh, easily done with me we're for uh, for a few seconds at the 31 Porsche that was that of course is going to be now pseudo leading this race but uh, car 30 with sabine schmitz at the wheel now uh, was going wheel to wheel with that 22 ferrari and uh, they're still lying the stern by the looks of it as they went through our shot there on the screen. So uh, it doesn't look like that 22 Ferrari has quite given up and it looks like it's uh, Kainz at the wheel now. Assuming that's updated correctly. Yeah, and uh, I have to say that generally the, the driver names on the timing and scoring system have been very accurate. And that's a new thing 
for 2017, 2018 I should say, from 2017 is that the driver ID switches are now evident on the timing and scoring screen as well. Basically it's the driver's job when they get on board the car to start a brand new stint, you have to get your belts on, you have to make sure the water bottle's in reach, you have to make sure the seat insert is put into the car correctly, but then the next job is to twiddle the little dial in the cockpit, it's a little knob on the dashboard, and that says driver one, two, three, four, or indeed five in some cases, and that feeds the information back to the timing and scoring people to tell them and us who's in the car at any one time. Although it looks like not everyone does that, does it? Well, it looks a bit. We got a great fight on screen. There is for position. It is the uh, 55 uh, Renault RS01 sat running in. Well, it says ninth, but uh, it's telling us that the 36 uh, Falkenhorst BMW is ahead of it, which we can see on the screen is not the case anymore. So that uh, Renault is still fighting hard in this race and will have got itself up into what's that eighth place now. Uh, yes, ahead of car 36 and ahead of Rudy Adams, so Dieter Schmidtman doing a wonderful job in that uh, brand new liveried Renault RS01 with the KW backing, so now purple, yellow and white as opposed to the uh, red and yellow, red and gold that it was only two weeks ago, so that car's been rewrapped very hastily indeed. Lap 17, an hour and 25 to go as the 188 Aston Martin from Arvia Racing reaches the first corner. This car in SP10, remember, and the Aston where in that class because we've had different leaders actually in this division. It's an M4 BMW that leads SP10 now, car number 828 from Team Secure-Tlesorg Rensport, the Eichenberg and Mettler car, the Aston from the race lead pitted so should now tumble down to second position car 188. Although in fairness, that uh, 828 that you say is, uh, is leading the M4, that car's only stopped once, so that's got to be stopping imminently, surely, haven't it? How many laps have we done so far? Is it at the top? That it's oh, sorry. How many laps? Lap? Done, before, uh, long, done so far, 16 laps. 16. So uh, it's got to be stopping imminently, hasn't it? That uh, The SP10 leader at the moment, the 828, which would probably then work itself back out again. Yeah. And the, uh, the 188... Aston Martin is on screen defending now I'm going to assume that it is from 163 uh, where is that in relation to the 188 car uh, third in SP10 so and those the 188 two. is second in SP10 so here we go this is second and third for SP10 the red and white Aston Martin is the 188 car 163 the uh, chrome and grey Mercedes just behind it we're now riding on board with the Team Falcon um, uh, Mercedes 163 and we can see the, <laughs> the Aston Martin bottom right ahead of it that's uh, that's one heck of a target it's derriere you <laughs> might say and uh, yeah it's uh, certainly a moving target for the driver of the 163 car to be hunting down a blip of the brakes there and quick black flash of the lights as the car slows briefly into hats and back then speeds up again and the swoops of hats and back, very, very technical section of the Nürburgring uh, Nordschleifer lap. So, uh, Norbert Seidler scored as the race leader, and actually on this lap, much, much faster through the third sector than Oliver Kites, who may be struggling a little bit there. So, Seidler ahead of I reckon the 11 car I'm going to call the cars through sector 4 to get you a proper order and 
It's this lap 17, so I don't think we're going to get any pit stoppers at the end of lap 17. Generally, cars are pitting on even lap numbers now. And the car that went furthest into its stint at the after the first stint of this race was car 22, did an eight-lapper. We've just had 16 laps done, and car 22 came in. So that car... At 22, well, he's ideally trying to do it on on just two stops, but it's going to be too far from the from the end at the moment. You know, we're looking at probably a 28-lap race, uh, and therefore the final stint is going to have to be something like 14 laps. That's just not doable in a GT3 machine. Car 960 heading through the very fast stuff at the moment. Couple of left-hand corners, followed by the right-hander. Now this is the run down towards Brightshite as we approach the village itself. That's away in the distance. Of course, the road bridge at the bottom of the valley as well, where the racetrack travels over, crosses the public road. Meanwhile, 163 wasting no time at all, having, I think, now got in front of the 188 Aston Martin. The Aston's disappeared now from immediately in front of the 163, so the move has been made for second position in SP10. Not sure where that happened, but wow. the Aston Martin is now surely behind the Black Falcon Mercedes. Uh, are you doing the same as me, trying to see it in its rearview mirror there? <laughs> the problem the is, the rearview mirror is angled for the driver and not oh. for the onboard camera. I mean, that's self, self, self. I know. <laughs> Very... Uh, inconsiderate I would say very inconsiderate well um, of course we say that that's for second in reality that's going to be for the lead isn't it because we have to assume that 828 SB10 car the BMW N4 uh, is going to be coming into the pit simile. it's only stopped once yes. and we're going to be completing sort of a bat it's well I suppose it may not be 16 laps for that car it's going to be 15 maybe 14 I suppose but it's got to be stopping imminent, imminently so that was a pseudo battle for the lead yeah, good point. It will develop into the race lead in SP10 soon enough. 31 has gone through Sector 4 now, still affected by Code 60, or at least Code 120, taking the number 31 Fricadelli Racing Porsche about 40 seconds longer than normal. Maybe only 30 60. seconds longer than normal. Yeah, yeah. 60 still, isn't it? That's the barrier. Some barrier repairs going on there, I think, isn't it, still? That poor act and at Vipperman. Now, who's going to be next through this restricted, speed-restricted sector, I wonder? I reckon probably the number 11 Ferrari. No, it's the... Yes, the 11 Ferrari goes through. And at that point, the 31 is back across the line at the start-finish straight. So has, as a lead, 50 seconds near enough over the number 11 Ferrari in second position. 31 back on the Grand Prix track now and uh, working its way around the Mercedes arena. And we think it's Norbert Siegler at the, at the wheel of that one now, don't we? Oh, yes. it is, yeah, sorry, it does say on the screen, doesn't it? Frickadilly Racing Team have updated there, that's brilliant. Um, Kane's in the 22 car, whereas the number 11, we're not sure which one's at the wheel of that one, are we? Really? So no, that, two that, Ferraris. that could be... Uh, that just suddenly changed there. Oh, yes, of course, because the 22 was the one that uh, has pitted. And here it is on our screens for those that are watching the footage with the Porsche still with it. So, actually, that means that the Ferrari's got back ahead of Sabine Schmitz. Sabine managed to get the jump as, as the Ferrari exited the pitch, but the 22 Ferrari's got back ahead of the 30 Porsche. So, that is... Uh, 
alive and well. We've gone over two and a half hours in, and they're going at it like a pair of prize fighters still. Yeah. Love it. Oh, and Sabine is having a look as they come down the start-finish straight towards the uh, the first corner, which of course is a very, very tight right-hander, isn't it? Um, but Sabine thought better of it, tucked back behind the 22 Ferrari to take the fastest line possible through uh, this section where she just doesn't really want to lose too much speed. Well, this place, of course, just down the road from where Sabina Schmitz grew up. She used to sneak onto the track. I think she used to sneak her, her mother's car onto the track <laughs> under the lie that she was going down the shop for some milk and actually said and actually disappeared then out onto the Nordschleife for a couple of hours. So uh, the German has been racing here for many, many years. Knows this place like the back of her hand, of course. And... Uh, it's great to see her here once again not had the best of health in recent months but uh, she's enjoying herself and a big smile on her face whenever we've, we've had opportunity to see her down in the pit lane knocking about with the Frickadelli team a team she's raced with for many many seasons so I'm trying to work out which car that was into the pits but they had the door open the whole time how thoughtless yeah that's uh, <laughs> often the way of things because these race doors can unhook and unhinge very easily indeed oh no it's still attached to the car but of course that's where the race number is displayed and the driver it might be the Renault you know 55 which is no that's not in for a pit stop it might be the 148 car which is an, an SP8 machine that's the Audi R8 LMS from SP8 otherwise uh, yes look at that's a BMW actually it might be the BMW M4 this might be your SP10 leader taking the pit stop we expected ah, it to ok we'll see now uh, not quite but it eight did to eight. Like an 8 it was wasn't it pretty sure it was so of course whilst that car sits in the pit lane it's being caught by Aston number 188 the RVA Racing sponsored and Team Mattel Racing prepared Aston Martin Vantage and the Mercedes 163 828 it is from 828 Racing no less but remember the new SP10 well eventual leader we reckon is going to be 163 having made the overtake stick around this lap on Aston Martin number 188 what's happening at the head of the field meanwhile it is car 31 with this yeah 42 second lead now onto lap 18 goes the Frickadelli Racing Porsche from the number 11 Ferrari the 22 Ferrari but there's a big gap between those two cars as well about 25 seconds the tightest fight at the moment is Oliver Kainz versus the Sabina Schmitz battle and they nearly exchanged positions at the first corner of course Sabina Schmitz coming from a long long way back late on the brakes as only she knows how to do <laughs> couldn't make the move stick 163 is the SP10 leader and will take the SP10 lead now because of course 828 sits on its own in the pit lane being worked on by the team so car 163 retakes the SP10 lead and how far behind it is the 188 Aston Martin not much let's see if we can get an interval for you as far as that's concerned uh, SP10 it is and with the Mercedes now rounding the Mercedes arena the gap back to the second place 
SP10 car is 10 seconds. Yeah, 10 seconds, 10 and a half seconds, in fact. The other car we've discounted is 163. Yeah. But that's also in for a pit stop as well, the other Black Falcon car. So I think you're right in that when all this unravels and unfolds a little bit more, we will be left with 163 and 188 as the two SP10 leaders. Not told you about Cup 5 for a little while for the 15 Cup 5 BMWs. Michael Schreit still leads that for Hoffer Racing. From now the 679 car, 679 is being driven by Juha Hannanen from Finland. I don't get any prizes for guessing that. It's a bit like Juha Kankanen but of uh, the World Rally Championship of yesteryear. But Juha Hannanen is the driver of 679 and he shares that with Bremen-based Patrick Hinter, who has been doing some driving this afternoon. Yeah. This has got interesting time certain clock just pointed it out is that uh, point, there's a code 60 on the main straight maybe car 600 but it also seems that the Whippermans sort of uh, the exit of Hoyak uh, into Whippermans that's now extended virtually into uh, Brunchen not quite but it's round there so that has now extended further hasn't it that's have we got anybody showing us stopped in that section have to pause for a minute don't you because the cars just kind of take a minute where they stop and tease you to make out that they're the ones that have stopped and then they get moving again so nothing there but that certainly has extended further around hasn't it yeah so i mean that might be just the crews needing a slightly larger area to work in it might be that they've detected some more barrier damage further down the road might be that somebody's clonked the barrier on the way out because the thing is you go through a code 60 and you go oh this is boring can I get up the back of the speed now <laughs> and then the green flag waves you boot the throttle and then immediately clang the thing in the barrier because you've misjudged the next corner um, you know, not, not naming any names but that has been known to happen in the past <laughs> as cars get back up to speed the thing is when you get up to speed again you're sort of approaching a corner at a speed that you may never have approached it before because you're coming from almost a standing start and you go well, where do I break now then when I'm not at full speed and you think oh I'll have a go here oh no that's too late and then you tip the barrier which in places around this place is very close to the edge of the circuit indeed 31 from 11 and 22 is your order as the 139 Ferrari 458 comes over the line. And that car is leading SP8. It's often troubling the top three in the SP8 category. And at the moment has the measure of the Audi R8 LMS car 148. And in third position, the 141 Porsche 911 GT3 Cup car of... Is that... Uh, James Wayland, who drives that machine, bear with me a moment. It's Andreas Weiland, I should say. Uh, Andreas Weiland and Bert Flossbach. So, Flossbach and Weiland, the combination in the third placed SP8 car, number 141. SP7, all changed there, of course, after the 57 car went backwards into the barrier. We reported on that at the time. The Black Falcon crew. I have to say, didn't seem too interested in fixing that car quickly. Maybe they realised there was just too much damage on the rear right, mainly, of the 57 uh, Porsche. And that has left car 79 in the lead of SP7, down in 19th position. So nowhere as high up the order as the 57 had got. But you just have to keep chugging round and hope that the race might come in your direction. And that's exactly what uh, Milan... 
Kodadek and Marcus Leonhardt have done in their Porsche. And they now lead SP7, which was a five-car entry at the start of this thing. I'm pretty sure the 57 has retired, sadly. Let's just have a look, see where 57 has got to. Came in the pits probably about half an hour or more ago. Car 57, hang on a moment. Scrolling down, yeah, still labelled as in the pits and in 106th position. I'm afraid to say, done an awful lot of damage to the back of that car, both left and right, as, I mean, you suggested, Chris, that it might have gone off on somebody else's oil. We yeah. saw that the 979 Porsche had... Uh, That's significant its... damage, wasn't it? Yeah. All down the whole side, wasn't it? And like you spotted, that it was spitting fluid out. I saw another car go uh, around, and there's, uh, in fact, actually, I'll tell you why... I thought that was that it was the 57 car as it was crawling back to the pits is yeah. that as it went around the corner there was the red and yellow stripe flag which uh, it doesn't always mean slippery service I know it can also be debris in the road but it uh, it was suggesting to me maybe he went uh, went off on someone else's fluid that you'd seen good news is that code 60 is suddenly shrinking now gradually seeing it disappearing well, back towards Whippham and now it's going a bit further so we could be about to, to lose that code 60 with a bit of luck I'm sure that the guys on uh, Twitter will let us know. Ah, there we go. Mario Paulson, who's up at, uh, at that sector. Barriers fixed. Code 60 is over for the next 10 minutes. We'll see racing. It's <laughs> about right, isn't it? Well, it's, it's been a frustrating race, certainly in that first hour to, to an hour and a half, because we had a just about the longest Code 60 yeah. I think I've ever witnessed uh, on this track, having done uh, a few VLNs now and the Nürburgring 24 hours. Uh, and that was just a, a situation where a couple of incidents combined, I think, uh, and created uh, a very uh, large section of speed-limited area. Hoa Act, Vipperman, onto Brunchen and Flansgarten as well. But all that area is now clear. Meanwhile... Lance David Arnold, who took charge of the number 31 Fricadelli Racing Porsche last time around, is now leading the way after nearly three hours of racing. This is lap number 19. So uh, 44 seconds is the gap between 31 and 11, with Oliver Kites in the number 22 car third from in fourth position the Sabina Schmitz driven Porsche car number 30 also in fifth place Christian Hohenardel in car 13 sixth place the number five car of Frank Stippler seventh place is Andreas Bockman in the number two car and that car has not had a, a, a clean run by any stretch of the imagination after a prolonged spell in the gravel, Marek Bockman is the driver uh, at the wheel of the number two car and Marek ahead of Dieter Schmidtman and Rudy Adams with the number 106 Cup 1 leader 10th place now was there a drama for the Renault RSO1 a moment or two ago it's scything its way through traffic, car 55 no, looks to be uh, stable and pointing in the right direction through the Vidal chicane thought there was a moment there as it uh, came out of the very fast right-hand kink 
heading into the chicane, but that was uh, me misreading things. And the 55 Renault goes out onto the hats and back for yet another lap. We're not very far away now from putting 20 laps in the book. And that will be pretty much, well, well over two-thirds distance with an hour and seven minutes to go. You're tuned to RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. It's Chris Dawes and Johnny Palmer for the latest VLN race from the Nürburgring, Nordschleifer, on this legendary circuit. 130-odd cars managed to take the start. We've had uh, some cars, sadly, taking the start somewhat behind others because the 35 car, having qualified really, really well on the front row, wasn't then able to take a start because of a uh, misdemeanour. And actually, a bit of a telling off for Jonathan Hershey as a result, and car 35 has been in and out of the pits ever since. Jordan Tresson now at the wheel of that car, though. 121st position for the Frenchman for Falcon Horse Motorsport, and that uh, means that uh, the car is fifth in the SP9 Pro ranks. But Norbert Seedler continues to lead the way, and we're getting to a point now, of course, where the reference points shifts and... Your minimum pit stop reference time starts now to be determined by how long your last stint of the race is concerned rather than the stint you've just done. So if you can compress that final stint of the race to maybe six, maybe five laps, it means you get a very short pit stop to launch into that. Well, then maybe that was uh, what, what they're trying to do. Uh, I forget which car it was, that, but you were surprised it was in because it was only like a, it did like a seven or eight stint and then suddenly it was a five. Five, yes. That, and I think you're edging towards this in, in what you were saying, is that they're now going to go for a longer stint three, leaving them that very short final stint, uh, which means that pit stop, not only will it be a, a short stint at the end, but they will have a shorter pit stop. That's if right. It's based on that last stint. That, that That's could right. be... Uh, I can't which car was it that did that one? I forgot. Um, the 30 car pitted after seven laps... Yeah, so the fricket, the not the leading Fricadelli Porsche, but the sister car, which is the Sabina Smiths car. Yeah, Sabina's still at the wheel of that machine now, and I had it, I had those cars pitted on, the 30 car pitted on lap seven, and then only five laps later mm. on lap 12. So that does, so they're going to get. I mean, you'd, you'd put Sabine in for as long as you possibly can, wouldn't you? So they'll go for a long stint now, uh, again, assuming that her. Her health, stamina, fitness, everything is, is up to it after... I mean, there's just... It defies logic what she's pulling off here, doesn't it? It's unbelievable is that she's fought off cancer and she's out here now racing. Um, and very possibly, if our assumptions are correct, going to go for a long stint here so that they can have a short pit stop, short final stint, and see what, how far up the order they can get themselves. It's going to be a big ask, though, isn't it? Sat there in fourth at the moment, but are they still fighting? Well, they've dropped away from the 22 Ferrari at the moment, haven't they? Yeah. The Vockenspiegel um, Ferrari's managed to sort of gap them by four and a quarter seconds this time around. Or last time around, should I say? Just thinking about that though, lap 12, if you then did an eight lap stint, that would take you to lap 20, you'd have to then do an eight lap stint to finish it off to get to lap 28. So maybe they've just decided to do the shorter stints early in the race, and that sort of peculiar one on lap five, what that's done is perfectly back timed then the final two stints to theoretically the end of the race. I mean, there's quite a lot of assumption there though that it's going to be a 28 lap uh, race. I was about Sometimes. To say. That it might be 29. 
But could it be 27 with could the length of time too. that we had um, the the very, very long slow zone? Yeah, that's a good point. That's we a very good point. We could find ourselves down in 27 lap race now. Yes, and yeah, we're actually we're unlikely to be breaking any lap distance records because of so much time uh, behind or under a code 60. Norbert Seidler is not hanging about here. He's just set the fastest wow. lap of the race, an 8.04.527. And, you know, the fastest lap of the race before that was held, had been held by the 55 car. And I think that was done on about lap two, an 806.644. So that's been a long, long wait of just about three hours, pretty much. And that's two hours 55. No slow zones, that's what that's been. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I mean, it would have been a clear run, of course, for Dieter Schmidtman or whoever was at the wheel of the Renault at the time on lap two. There would have been no slow zones. And yes. It's dependent on those slow zones. It's also dependent on traffic as well because you need to catch those little pockets of air rather than don't, just BMW don't, after Renault Clio after you name it. Don't speak to uh, Conrad Motorsport about uh, about traffic. Eh? The number seven uh, Lamborghini. Such a shame that we saw that one fall by the wayside. Yeah, yeah, very good point. Um, just add an update as well from uh, Time Certain Clock saying that car eight two five. He says as he quickly flicks through the paperwork, that's one of the uh, the TCR. Uh, the Lubna Motorsport Honda Civic Type R. It says so far off the road at uh, Dottinger Hoha, it must be on public roads. But I don't remember seeing any crash or issue, so she will assume that that's been sort of tucked behind the barriers out of the way then. Another real shame for a car that uh, had strong potential this weekend. Another really good lap, a personal best in fact for the number 11 car, an 806.8. So that suggests that maybe the 11 car had found that similar area where there was no traffic, where there was a clear run, clearly no code 60s. And yes, cars finding speed all over the place. Frank Stippler there setting the number five's best lap of the race, an 806.4. But nobody anywhere close to that awesome effort from Norbert Seidler. 804.5, a tremendous time. I wonder actually how that compares to the pole position time for the Nürburgring 24 this year. I think we've got down to the 801 sort of area wow. for that uh, race this year. Somebody will put me right, I'm sure, on Twitter, at RSL underscore studio. What was the pole time for the Nürburgring 24 hours this year? you know at RSL underscore studio at Blackpool Johnny at Doors Racing so good to see uh, it's in the uh, the number five car that we've got uh, Frank Stippler out in that car he's, he's, a, he's only a year older than me but uh, I was looking through his details mainly competing Porsche Carrera Cup DTM FIA GT ADAC GT Masters VLN Endurance Blanc Band GT Series mainly competed in <laughs> That's a bit of a, a list and a half, isn't it? Certainly Audi is. Sport TT Cup Race of Legends won that last year. Uh, won SP9 last year. Uh, and S he seems to like SP9. Uh, sorry, um, uh, VLN in an SP9. Yes. Well, that being the top class, of course, that's the one. Yeah, if you want to make your mark, you will do as many races in SP9 as possible. And in 2016 and 2014, third in Blancpain Endurance Series 2015, second in 2013 in the FIGT Series, won the Nürburgring 24 hours uh, SP9, second in 2007. So twice he's won the Nürburgring 24 hours. It's uh, good to see him out there. I mean, he's probably leading the way in that uh, Audi, isn't he? Uh, yeah, uh, let's have a look. He 
were you talking about the, the SP9 Audi? Frank Stippler. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, yes, uh, sixth place. And uh, yeah, Stippler uh, is. Uh, or yeah, Stippler, um, sixth place, and clearly the faster of the two drivers. Yeah. I was also. I had my mind on uh, the Nurburgring pole position, but of course, it's not a fair comparison because they use a very. Well, a slightly different circuit, and therefore it's a longer circuit, and actually they, they were doing 809s this year, the pole position time at 809.105, um, and that is well, a difference in, of course, they don't use the Mercedes Arena, they just use the Yokohama S, which is a right and a left oh, on the first yeah. corner, and they use the full extent of the Grand Prix track as well, so, but, I mean, it's only five seconds slower, unbelievably, uh, than the time just set by Norbert Seedler. Seeing there, the, the, the footage we were just seeing on screen, the 960 Porsche is able to keep the 163 Mercedes behind them when they were screaming down the long straight there. It goes to show what a challenge they've got. Just because you're in a quote-unquote higher class, Yes. There are, it's strengths and weaknesses around various parts of this, this course. Isn't it? We're also getting noticed, by the way, that the number 13 car um, ran wide out into the gravel, but no crash. Now, I think that would have been uh, from where it came from, maybe up the Brunchen area that, uh, that that happened, but no crash. Um, now, that means that with Stippler in that number five car, that's sixth place just behind the number 13, setting a personal best is that he's reeling in that uh, number 13 Mercedes GT3 car, isn't he? Absolutely. I would suggest that Stippler and Hohen Ardell are generally about as quick as one another it just depends what sort of traffic Hohen Ardell stumbling across likewise for Frank Stippler but yeah if he can continue that sort of speed then who knows whether that uh, who, who knows how quickly that eight second gap is going to tumble down but on this lap uh, for both cars 107.3 107.1 through the first sector they were about neck and neck through the second sector as well. Three tenths of a second gain by Stippler. Uh, more time gain though through sector three. Mm. More like about a second and well, 1.2, something like that. So, yeah, that eight second gap's going to be a lot less than it was at the start of this lap. And this will be lap 20, by the way, to put into the books. I think we're going to see Sabina Schmitz in at the end of this 20th circuit, therefore. The next question is, how much further can the number 31 car go in the stint? I had that car last pitting on lap 14. So we're looking at probably lap 21 for the 31 car as well. But again, a lengthy minimum pit stop time because it will be another, well, it'll be, it'll be a seven lap stint for car 31. It will all happen in the remaining 56 minutes of this fourth VLN race of the year thank you for tuning to RS3 part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels whether you're uh, out and about and have us in audio only hopefully uh, you know we can provide you some accompaniment to perhaps a Saturday afternoon drive maybe a bit of shopping have a, sort of envisage people you know in the frozen aisle section listening to VLN on their phone maybe via the supermarket uh, Wi-Fi that's certainly possible. <laughs> uh, maybe making you know a trip out shopping with a, a loved one, slightly more bearable with some motor racing in the background. But I realise that uh, there's quite a big event for uh, from an England perspective in uh, just under an hour's time. So uh, stay with us till the race finish. 
because the football's not going to go anywhere for 90 minutes after that. At least. At least. Let's uh, keep our fingers crossed that it is only 90 minutes for the yeah. England victory. <laughs> but uh, all the people listening in Sweden would uh, very much not agree with that statement. But I think the VLN have, have perfectly timed this race to finish bob on kickoff time. We'll be with you for a further 35 minutes afterwards, though, just sort of wrapping things up with a, a, a mini post race tech, but also bringing you coverage of the podiums as well. And more stops, of course, to happen because the leading SP9s generally pit three times. Noticing on the 960 car, there's quite a bit of windscreen damage for the Teichmann Racing into Porsche. Heading now out of the right-hander at Advan Bogen and towards the right-hand kink. The good news for, for it, him is that it's on the passenger side, if you will, isn't it? So it's not going to be affecting... Uh, the visibility and I think that we saw that car in the pits a moment ago so they're obviously not particularly concerned about it he's running second in cup three at the moment but it's it's made three pit stops now so uh, it's up there now uh, we're gonna see the uh, the battle that we were sort of keeping an eye on that's for the uh, uh, fifth and sixth place the number 13 Mercedes uh, Hohen Hohenardl Hohenardl thank you <laughs> uh, and uh, Stippler the in the Audi it was eight point. What did we say? It was eight point eight seconds last time round. It's going to be nothing compared to that. They are screaming down uh, the uh, uh, Dottinger Hoa at the moment and uh, heading towards Tiergarten very rapidly. And uh, the, once they cross the line, I guarantee you that's down to uh, a lot smaller uh, a gap. We've got just uh, one more sector for them to do, and uh, we need to see how much is closed down. Whether it. it you were, you were pointing out that it was pretty much every sector that uh, the number five uh, was closing in, and that still continued all through those sectors yeah. considerably. Big chunk found, actually, through the fourth sector. They've both come across the line now. It was an eight-second advantage. It's now down to 2.9. So Frank Stippler is coming. Yeah. yeah, but maybe we're expecting it to be tenths of seconds rather than 2.9 seconds. The number two car reaches Hohenrein now as well, driven by Marek Bockman. And Bockman is going to pit. And so this is on lap 20. Bearing in mind, of course, generally speaking, it's going to be seven or eight laps to the finish. Those on the wall running spreadsheets for their teams, the team managers, will have worked out what it is most likely to be. And we must remember, of course, that in a VLN race, much like a kind of endurance race anywhere else around the world, the chequered flag comes out as soon as the clock reads zero and then the leader completes the lap that they are currently on. So that might be five seconds, it might be eight minutes, but it's unlike what happens in the Nürburgring 24 hours, which the Nürburgring 24 hours, the, 20, the 24 hours runs out to zero, the, the flag comes out and whoever crosses the line, that's the end of their race, bang, straight away. Right, nose to tail for um, 5 and uh, 13. Yeah. Is, is Stippler by, do we think? If, if it is absolutely correct on the uh, tracker, it does look like the number 5 car has got past the uh, 13 Mercedes of uh, Hohenardl. Uh, uh, I'll give you a chance to practice I, that. I've got to run keep, that one up. I, yeah. No, yeah, I keep jumping over you, and that's not giving you an opportunity <laughs> to practice, no, so apologies. No, consider it saving me, all right? Okay. <laughs> uh, what, we will, what we will know is... In a minute's time, what I didn't do is check them through the first sector, but in another minute's time, we got a chance to check them through the second sector. The track is brilliant, but it's reliant on GPS data rather than actual timing data, and sometimes the GPS can play one or two tricks on us. 
the, the bonnet at an angle on the 492 car is not as the designer intended and the driver from the cockpit no less is trying to peel the bonnet back from the windscreen this is a BMW uh, not from the Cup 5 division because it would start with the number 6 Sabina Schmitz came in I told you she was going to pit at the end of lap 20 so that will see the 30 car good now to the finish and I'm sure there was a driver change as well to get Sabina Schmitz out new driver in and we will confirm that to you just in a moment or two it is still Sabina Schmitz according to that unless uh, things need to be changed so Sabina happy to stay at the wheel of the car 492 is a V4 car by the way third place in V4 oh dear but what's happened is not only has the bonnet rippled back but it's also smashed the windscreen into little shards thankfully it hasn't splintered so the, the windscreen has popped as such it stayed intact but you would do very very well to see anything now out of that front out of that windshield also it's uh, crumpled the bonnet something rotten so much so that it now bends in completely the other direction from how it came out of the factory back out onto the track and into the race goes the number two Porsche so that's the final stop done for Porsche number two as well and we'll be ticking these final stops off for the in the next probably 10 minutes so it's going to be a busy time now in the pit lane I'm afraid that 492 car is going to go no further I'm intrigued by that I mean clearly it will have uh, you know it can cause that much damage but the, said that, that. the wing mirrors damaged the roof's damaged so it's like well did it do more Worryingly, the, the roof was quite badly rippled though as well. The roof, the wing mirror, the lot, so not just the windscreen. So it's like going, well, okay. And how badly the actual bonnet was damaged when they tried to put it back down again. So, yes. Very bizarre that one. Yes, it, it was. It wasn't a deer running across the circuit, was it? <laughs> Do you know, that might not be a bad shout, actually. Maybe a bit of wildlife had been collected. Very weird that the, the roof had been so badly rippled. I don't think the car had been over onto its roof. But nevertheless, that car, having said it's going to go no further, of course, commentator's curse, it started to move. Well, the opposite of commentator's curse, actually, commentator benefit. Uh, and it is now trundling its way um, in amongst full race speed traffic, it should be mentioned. And a recovery truck behind it. Oh, it's still flapping. The bonnet is just going, here I come, here I come. No, go back down again. Oh, here I come again. <laughs> It's like an open mouth kind of uh, chuntering, <laughs> thinking about fully extending, uh, chatting away is that 492 BMW, but I, it surely must be heading to the pits. A Porsche going very, very wide indeed. I think there's no track limits penalties here then. <laughs> I don't know. Through certain corners there are, and I think that's part of the reason why we've been seeing cars in the penalty box, actually. Of course, yes, yes. For uh, per persistent track limit infringement but that car almost was taken to the Yokohama S it went that <laughs> wide through turn one it looked like it was going to turn right and then immediately left and miss out the Mercedes arena to add insult to injury the fuel caps now open on the 492 as well but I'm sure that's the least of their problems the man Heller BMW limping its way into the pit lane with the hazard lights flashing and very nearly posed a problem for the Porsche Cayman which slips by on its left hand side right it's uh, it's updated now in the 30 car is it's uh, it's not Sabine Schmidt staying out uh, thank you Eve um, uh, forwarded uh, some uh, sorry right turn lover forwarded it first of all um, that it is now 
Philippe Laser back in the car. Yeah. Philippe Laser sharing with Sabina Schmitz and Klaus Abelen, who is who is basically Mr. Frickadelli Racing Team. He is the, the major sponsor and one of the major backers of the team as well. Klaus Abelen mainly does the running of the team, but will take the occasional driving stint too. 46.7 seconds the margin between car 31 and car 11 and 31. Now, of course, within the window of being able to comfortably stop. We got 21 laps, that's tw 21 laps completed and the 31 Porsche has stayed out. Uh, so, well, best case scenario for the 31 crew, that is six laps to go. It might extend to seven laps to go if we reach the 28 lap distance. But as we've already mentioned, there's been a prolonged spell of code 60 in this race. Meanwhile, the Manhella crew are now, I reckon, going to apply so much tank tape <laughs> to that bonnet in an attempt to keep it down, but they might be fighting a losing battle there. And also they were using conventional strips of tape rather than big sheets of it, which you can get, like sticky back plastic. And that's going to go through several rolls of bright green tape. Hopefully they'll get it back out again for a race finish, though. Always good to see cars, even if it's just for one lap, you know, send them for the final lap so that they can at least receive the chequered flag and get some sort of classified finish, get some amount of points, which could prove crucial at the end of the year. I want to also pick up on uh, a point that was made earlier, and I'll leave them unnamed because it's potentially uh, uh, a slightly sensitive way of saying it, but I think it is a potential fact. <laughs> Am I covering my backside enough there? Um, but someone said about the number 22 Ferrari uh, is that it could get interesting is the should we say the, the slowest of all the drivers that will be jumping into that car we think is yet to go out so we're we'll going right. out in the final sector uh, section or penultimate section whichever it is no it will be the last section won't it if, um, and so it could have an impact on the, uh, the, the closing section of the race yeah and the suggestion from social media that the slowest driver in that combination is what Georg Weiss or I was trying to find the, the message. Generally quite quick, I thought. Krumbach. I'll have a look on my... Uh, it was a while ago, and I, I bottled out of calling it out, really, but <laughs> sorry. I've, I've, uh, I've unbottled. Well, Jochen Krumbach is a silver-graded driver. Uh, and, by the way... Uh, George Weiss. George Weiss, OK. Uh, under the FIA uh, regulations, as far as you know, FIA kind of sanctioned racing is concerned... They grade every driver at the start of the year and there are four possible gradings, bronze, silver, gold and platinum. And gold and platinum, there's very little between them. The platinum comes when you've won a major championship, basically. That steps you up from gold to platinum. But in terms of speed differential, there's very little uh, difference uh, there. We're seeing a replay of what we were talking about earlier where there was, um, they, they were sort of suddenly have to slow down because of the uh, course cars ahead of them and it was a great big gaggle. Now, I'm wondering why they're showing this. Could this be because we've suddenly got the lead cars trying to work their way through this great big gaggle? They were held up at the back. We were going, OK, is this right that they are doing these overtakes? And they're just working their way through. Now, the fact that we're seeing a replay this much later of this, uh, Johnny, does this potentially mean that it's been or being looked at? Every chance of that. I mean, 
when you've got yellow flags out, the rule is that you cannot overtake. Yeah, absolutely. And overtaking is not only judged by the fact that yeah, SB9 cars working their way through from the back much of it, they slower were right cars. at the back. Yeah, and that's the th that's the 31 car, isn't it? Or was it the 30 machine? It might be that the 31 car is now going to be handed some sort of infringement or has committed an infringement rather and maybe assessed a penalty as a result, which it might be a real shame. It might be nothing. Go. You know, we're, we're, uh, we're assuming because they, we just suddenly got that replay and that was a long time ago, wasn't it, that we had that, so we don't know. Uh, I love uh, Matt G's comment. The track limit penalty around most of Nürburgring is a swift trip into the Armco. Yeah. <laughs> it's self-policing. It is. <laughs> self-policing. Very, very true, Matt, definitely. 395 is in uh, serving a penalty for something. Uh, as you say, we, we now that I've clocked that that's what it is, we, we have had quite a lot that have been in there. So that's another one of the uh, Black Falcon cars um, that is, is in. Uwe Liebens, Christoph Hoffman, Vasily Selivanov and Alexander Archimenikov. Good effort. Thank you. I'm sure it was right. I don't know otherwise, so uh, I'm not going to call you out. And I tell you what, I think if uh, the it does look as though the fight continues between the number 13 Mercedes and oh, and the in fact they're all together. The 13 Mercedes, number five and number 30, they're all suddenly together, aren't they? The uh, of course the 30 Porsche is back out from being into the pits. The number 13 Auto Arena Motorsport Mercedes is back ahead of the Audi R8 number 5, which is what I was about to say that it looked like was the case. They've now got the uh, number 30 Porsche is about to make a dive up the inside of the Audi R8, not quite thought better of it. Now, who's coming to play at the back of that? I think it was just a back marker they've got through, but they are absolutely line astern. Now, that is going to be for... Fourth, fifth and sixth, isn't it? Yeah. So the 30 Porsches managed to get past the number 36 BMW M6 already. The 55 Renault RS1 has just come out of the pit, so that's how it will have dispatched with that one. But yeah. cracking, 4, 5 and 6, with only 41 minutes left to go in this four-hour race, are absolutely line astern on this 73-lap corner uh, circuit that takes over eight minutes to go around per lap and yet they're still that close together I, I just know. love this it's fantastic yeah and you think all these variables will do nothing else but drive cars apart well actually it seems to bunch them together frankly and over a four-hour period we're often left with little pockets of jewels and uh, often you know more than a couple of cars three four five cars all together some of that bunching, some of that clumping has been developed because of the because of the incidents, and as as the field compresses into a code 60, it means they're leaving that sort of area much more tightly bunched than they might have headed into it. But it's better from our perspective. And Philippe uh, Laza looking like he's on an absolute mission now to try and get by uh, Hohenardel and Frank Stippler. And I think the number five has got back ahead of 13 again. So the Audi R8 has gone up another place if the tracker is uh, is accurate. See, we don't need gimmicks like uh, switching grids around or anything, do we? we? This just is pure raw racing and it still gets them together. We've suddenly got a Co-60 for car 808 at the start of the Dottinger Hoa. With 40 minutes left to go. I was just about to say I saw it on there. We got the uh, tweet. Well, that's at the right at the very start of that long straight, isn't it? Yeah, and 808 State has uh, stopped there. 266 is almost showing as though it's in the uh, the woods there. Here we go. We've got uh, the car there, the far end behind a recovery vehicle. 
but 266 I think has got a problem with his transponder it's gone down the shop to get the weekend's food by the look of that well 266 might actually be being recovered via one of the public roads ah, and okay. therefore the GPS is perfectly reliable it's just there's no circuit out there it's actually being labelled as in the pit lane though car 266 let's just see whether there's any news on the tracker from 266 we saw that car having a problem earlier didn't we that's the uh, the one and only SP4 turbo SP4T yeah. and we did see that having an issue earlier nothing about 266 in terms of an accident on the live ticker which you can yeah, read, by the way, on vln.da. Correct, it's on the public roads, but when I flick to satellite mode, you can see it being taken along the satellite roads rather than when I'm on the schematic, it doesn't show me that. So that makes sense, but definitely the 808 car is stopped there. And 808 is, a, is an Opel Astra, by the way, <laughs> from the TCR division, fourth place in TCR, so it was quite nicely positioned just outside the podium positions but uh, sadly, that car's ground to a halt at the start of the Dottinger Hurt. Race leader is in, and this is the final stop then for Norbert Seidler, we think. Let's just see whether I can work out the driver getting out and the driver getting in. Do you know? Uh, Seidler getting down onto his knees there to strap in second driver. So Seidler out, and Lance David Arnold clambering on board, I reckon, for the final stint as the Ferrari has to go between traffic threading the eye of the needle there was the number 11 Ferrari and that car was second it's going to take the race lead now because the car ahead of it has just come in for a stop and the 11 Ferrari will still owe us its final stop remember but of course again going a little bit later into the race its pit stop can be shorter and naturally it's going to be shorter because it'll need less fuel to get to the finish as well but it's going to be shorter than car 31 which means that everything at the pointy end of the field is bunched up a little bit more 42 seconds was the margin just before car 31 pitted it's going to be a lot less than that I'm sure come the end of the race we're 37 minutes away from the chequered flag being readied being surely. unfurled surely that's 37 minutes gone <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't feel like we've been going for almost three and a half hours, does it? Because there is so much action to try and stay on top of in one of these races. And so much still to happen. You can just feel it, can't you? There is so much of this story yet to be written. Yeah, it's a, it's a natural crescendo to these races. And it is uh, coming to a head, certainly. It's car 31. Now, having made it stop, it goes back out into the race. Remember... Lapping on, uh, sorry, he's pitting on lap 22. So six to go, maybe five to go. We'll wait and see. But Lance David Arnold does indeed take charge of car 31 for the second time. And that was a relatively short stop for the Fricadelli Racing team. Didn't need to put too much fuel in it. They might have even double stinted the tyres as well to save a bit of time there. The car back out again. I do like the fact that as the driver that's just done a stint clambers out one of his jobs is to help uh, his colleague co-driver make sure that they're strapped in the car safely too just means uh, another one of the jobs done during the pit stops doesn't have to be done by a team member as such it's done by the exiting pilot so lap 23 this is and the order at the end of lap 22 
Car 31 led but pitted. Car 11 was second but now leads, remember. Car 22 third. There was also a pit stopper on that lap number 36, the Volkenhorst Motorsport BMW, the sole surviving Volkenhorst Motorsport SP9 car. Also in number 103 from 12th position on the road. Cup 2 Porsches have been doing a really good job uh, today to get in and amongst the top 10 overall, which is a, a relatively rare sight. I think it's because we've got a few fewer SP9 cars this weekend. It means that classes like SPX and Cup 2 and SP8 have a chance to shine in the top 10 overall. Here's your confirmation, Chris, that the Audi is ahead of the Mercedes. Car number 5 has got the jump on the number 13, but Christian Hohenardel giving Frank Stippler absolutely no time to think and to wonder <laughs> how he's going to go into the next corner because they're right together. And Felipe Laza as well, tucked in behind in car 30, running in Chevron formation. Laza, a very unusual line into the first corner, widest of the three of them. That meant that he got a good exit, though, coming out of turn one and into the Mercedes arena proper. So this is for fifth, sixth and seventh places. You could throw a blanket over them is the old phrase, but it couldn't be any more true today. Five from 13 from number 30 with a slow Clio now to try and duck underneath before they get to the braking area. Will they all be able to dispatch that orange Clio at once? Yes, but only just. And there was contact there. The uh, number 30 was not prepared to just steady behind that uh, uh, Mercedes, the number 13 Mercedes, and he was just tap, 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 tap all the way from back. And he's diving up the inside now as they go to turn right, just out of our view, and he's not quite done it. Tucks himself back there again. But it certainly showed me with the, or should I say, the lack of line that was really being taken into turn one, uh, and the, the, the constant tapping from behind, that that car is on the attack, massively on the attack. It can see that it can make up two places in a, in a blink of an eye potentially there but especially when it's seen that those two the 13 and the 5 cars the Mercedes and the Audi R8 have been dosy -si doing with themselves for, for quite a few laps now yeah and uh, Felipe Laza if anything looking like he's the quickest of the three he's uh, knocking on the door as you say wanting to be far quicker into the cut through than the Mercedes meanwhile the number 35 car is circulating again but sadly for the Volkenhorst Motorsport crew down in 113th position overall and for some people it's already <laughs> been too long a day I mean this isn't even a six hour race let alone a 24 hour race it's a four hours but a chance for an afternoon snooze with 32 minutes to go as the PlayStation backed BMW M6 heads into the cut through now a question really of what might have been for this car it's a quick machine the M6 qualified on the front row but because of a qualifying infringement, Jonathan Hershey has his ring licence taken from him. I'm not entirely sure how long that is going to be the case for, but he might have to uh, do a few more test days, pass a few more exams before that is resubmitted to the Swiss. Hershey, not part of the driving lineup, And actually the 35 is going to come into the pits from not the regular angle. So does the Grand Prix track or at least the shortened version of the Grand Prix Strecker and into the pit lane via the back door so all is not well with car 35 and I'm sure we've seen that car in and out of the pits during the course of this race so I'm I, I think they're basically just used this as a, as a sort of test yeah. session trying to iron out any problems they know that they're, they're shot with the uh, the penalties that they've incurred 
not that I suspect that they were expected to have the issues, um, but now that they have, okay, let's just get out there and clearly it's it's not going away anytime soon, is it? As long as they're staying out of the way of, of everybody else, why not? It's, uh, it's a big enough circuit. I've just had a quick look as well to see where we're sitting with the, uh, the H4 and it's still Ralph Scholl leading the way out of the two H4 cars, which as was pointed out to us earlier, if he manages to keep that, that will be his 100th class win. That just is, is fabulous, isn't it? And I'm assuming that that means as in in VLN. Uh, yeah, predominantly, I would think. Yeah, not yeah. necessarily restricted to VLN, but uh, I, considering there are nine races a year and you, you try and do as many of those as you can, you're talking a 10, 11, maybe 12-year career there, aren't you? If you win every race, I mean, it might be stretching towards more like 20 years to be able to get 100 victories so no mean feat that and should be recognised if indeed it happens the 79 car which is a class leader SP7 class leader heading into the Mercedes arena of course 57 was so dominant in the SP7 division but then the Black Falcon car had a big off we still don't quite know what caused that incident an unusual error maybe went off on fluid or maybe a tyre let go but uh, the result was the car clanging the barrier very heavily indeed and doing a lot of damage to the rear right corner we're currently working lap 23 time on the clock well we're inside the last 30 minutes now so the end is definitely in sight most of the leading contenders have now done their third pit stop of the race the only car we're still waiting for is number 11, the Ferrari from Wockenspiegel Team Monchamp. So actually, the car that's done really well there is the 36 BMW because that car's gone up to fourth place. I thought that the uh, 5, 13 and 30 had all got past 36, but 36 has got past them and is up into fourth. And I do believe that now that three-way fight, and it looks like it keeps changing. I was about to say that the number 5 Audi R8 is uh, the number 11 Ferrari's in. So that is the car that was in the leader. This is for its third pit stop, third and final pit stop, ready to go for its last stint with, uh, with only 29 minutes to go. And as, as we were saying, this means it's going to be a short stop because they're not going to have to be out for long, and it's based on that, as uh, we now see the sister Ferrari screaming through. And that's just heading into uh, the Hohenrein now by the looks of it. So it's going to now retake the lead. What is it? No, sorry, the 31 Porsches, of course, are going to be taking that lead. The 11 Ferrari is going to be down to third place, assuming that it's far enough ahead of the BMW M6 number 36. Adam's at the wheel of that one. But uh, Stipler at the wheel of the Phoenix race and Audi R8, it did show on the tracker that he'd, he'd fallen to third in that three-way fight between the 5, 13 and 30 cars. But I think it's managed to get itself back up into the sandwich, meeting the sandwich. In fact, if the thing's right, the number 13 uh, Mercedes has scampered away from the, the other two, actually. So it's, uh, it's really bizarre what's going on between those lot. We'll find out soon because they're just going through Brunchen at the moment, which means they're going to start uh, winding their way back towards us fairly soon. And, uh, and we'll be able to catch up with them. The 31 Porsche. I thought that was... It's uh, 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 already pitted as well, hadn't it, that one, so... The 31 is across the line now, and 11 back out again. Which Ooh, are the, and if that was the for, case... We're wait, still waiting for the 22 Ferrari to pit, aren't we? So once that comes in, then it will be the 31 car leading the way. 
but at the moment 28 seconds up the road from 31 Porsche is the 22 Ferrari but that car owes us a stop the way the 22 is pushing into this final stint though this is going to be a very quick final pit stop I reckon uh, I tell you how the 36 has got to fourth place it pitted on lap seven so seven laps did to start with it then did another seven lap stint and finally pitted on lap 22 so an eight lap stint as lap three as stint three rather uh, to give it quite a short stint then to finish the race and I think it's bought back quite a lot of that time by doing a short final stop courtesy of a probably five lap or five or six lap stint to finish the race for the Vulcan Horse Motorsport BMW side by side down the dotting of her and that is Felipe Laza getting by Christian Hohenardel so where's the Phoenix racing Audi is it ahead of these two cars or is it behind I reckon Philly, uh, I reckon Frank Stippler's just disappeared now into Hohenheim and will pop out onto the circuit yes onto the main start finish straight so Frank Stippler running in fifth position fourth position make that ahead of then the Mercedes uh, of the Porsche rather of Felipe Laza and the Mercedes of Christian Hohenardel so in reality the BMW number 36 yeah. is actually seventh place yeah. and that makes much more sense doesn't it yes <laughs> I, mean, really I was Adams confused there that to see it suddenly sat up there in fourth position because that came from nowhere and it will have been down to the pits now interestingly uh, it's suggesting that uh, it's Norbert Seidler at the wheel of the Fricadelli racing team car now so it is, rather than Number 31, rather than the other way around. Let's just uh, see, because uh, Frickinelli are very good with their Twitterage to see what uh, driver change happened in the 31 car at that last stop. Car 31 no. after 22, Norbert Sealer out, that's David Arnold in. Yeah, because so Porsche Motorsport have just put that as well, um, that that is the case, so uh, that's fine. That's so that's a bit of erroneous information on the timing and scoring, but uh, hopefully that'll get corrected sooner rather than later it might actually be the fault of uh, Lance David Arnold who's not twiddled his knob uh, inside the cockpit I'm letting that one go I'm letting you, it go I think you'll have to <laughs> uh, but it is down, I mean in fairness it's the driver's responsibility to set the driver ID as they uh, head out onto track that's a battle for, for position that we're looking on the circuit at the moment it is the number 36 BMW Adams the Walkenhorst uh, Motorsport BMW M6 trying to keep the uh, number 55 SPX class car, the Renault RS01, Hamill at the wheel of that, but uh, that is for 7th and 8th overall on the road, and at the moment the BMW's got its mirrors absolutely ram-jammed full of, uh, of that car. I just My eyes got caught by the timing screen, something flashed, but I think it was just a new personal best for the 588 car of, uh, of Charles and Gerhard, that uh, 997. So uh, they're still pushing to make sure they do get that H4 class victory. Yep, so nothing between 36 and 55, and uh, Hamill really pushing on. The problem is they're heading for the Hatzenbach now, which is the first bit of the Nordschleifer proper and your opportunity to overtake there are uh, opportunities are few and far between might have to wait till they head down towards Schwedenkreutz and Arenberg which is that uh, fast right-hander well fast entry you slow to a medium speed right-hander and then underneath the uh, pedestrian and road bridge and down into the foxhole it might just be a case of Hamill having to bide his time in car 55 following Rudy Adams every move 
engine note you hear in the background is from car 960. The smashed windscreen on this car looks a little bit better, but that's only because the car is heading into the sunshine and therefore the sun is not picking out the breakages in the glass. But as Chris has already mentioned, it's not on driver's side. It's a right-hand windscreen crack, or several cracks actually. I just wonder whether it's hit a... It looks like it's hit a bird or perhaps a, a significant chunk of gravel that's been flicked up into the face of the car but it started to crack the race number as well uh, race numbers often displayed on these VLN cars uh, top left of the windscreen as you look at the car which helps certainly helps with identity so through sector three go the race leaders and the lads David Arnold driven Porsche number 31 looking very strong indeed at this stage of the race and Mercedes in GT4 heading into Tiergarten and Hohenrein it's the 163 car which has been up top in SP10 for most of the race over the line it goes then let's just check how, uh, how SP10 is getting on at the moment 163 yes leading the way still I think probably all pit stops are done now for that car it's only done two but probably in a GT4 car you can do it on a couple of stops they'll be wow. burning no, uh, nowhere near as much fuel as an SP9 car I mean it's wrong to say that a GT4 machine is, is like a road going machine but <laughs> Uh, you know, they still carry quite a bit of downforce, but the front splitter is far less aggressive, much smaller rear wing as well, and generally smaller engines in the GT4s too. They might also GT4s be driven by... GT4s are amazing at the moment, aren't they? I mean, I covered the uh, Euro GT4 round at uh, Brands Hatch. Right, yeah. What do we have? 50 cars or something stupid on the grid. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. It was just such an incredible sight to behold around the Brands Hatch GP circuit. It was just unreal. And many people say that actually that GT4 is the future of GT racing when GT3 and SB9 becomes too expensive and, and arguably too quick as well. I mean, these cars are so fast now. And they don't lend to, to overtaking as well, do they? I mean, certainly when you took it around the, uh, the, the Brands Hatch GP circuit, it just wasn't possible for the GT3 cars to, to overtake each yeah. other, where the GT4, absolutely they were. Yeah. Well, again, that, that's down to cars being so reliant on the, their aerodynamics. It's like single-seater racing. You know, a car gets in the toe of somebody else, and it means that airflow just doesn't uh, work quite as well as a car in free air. So overtaking becomes all that more difficult. Car 22 in, as it has to, because it owed us a pit stop. It's right on the very edge now of the amount of fuel that's left in that tank. And this will be the last car in the SP9 category to have to make a stop. So where is the next car on the road? It's likely to be number 31, I would say. The Porsche from Frickadelli. Yes, and over the line indeed goes now Lance David Arnold in car 31. But who can take the race to car 31 over this closing stint? Because at the moment this is looking suspiciously like back-to-back -back victories for Frickadelli Racing in the VLN Championship. They were victorious two weekends ago, the week after Le Mans, and car 31 took victory 
around this amazing track. VLN4 stacking up neatly for the Fricadelli crew as well. We've got uh, Ferrari number 11 uh, going over the line as well. It was interesting that it followed in the uh, the 188 Aston Martin um, that at one stage, I'm sure I call it leading SP10, but uh, it came in for its final pit stop third in SP10. I'm just having a look. I'm trying to see whether it's actually got scope to lose any more places. It's dropping as you'd expect down the order. But it's until 35th place overall that we get to the 162, the other Black Falcon uh, Mercedes, before it loses a, a, an SP10 podium, if you will. Um, so, but I think that they'll, they'll have lost too much ground on the cars ahead of it. Though actually, the 163's only done two stops. Do you think that's going to be enough for that? Uh, again, it's yeah, it's an SP10 car, so it should be able to make the mileage uh, in that respect. Mm. Um, it's just the fact that the other two have done three. Have done stops. three, yeah. But that could be driver number dependent, I suppose. It, what have we got? It might be a little bit of fuel saving, in truth, from Black Falcon because they can they can play it quite cannily down at Black Falcon and think about the strategy outside the box. There's no, there's, there's nothing in the regulations to say you have to pit three times. Of course, it just depends on whether your car's got enough fuel in at the end of the race. And how many drivers you have will make a difference, I guess, won't it as well? Yeah, but, but also how heavy-footed they are. If you've got a couple <laughs> of light-footed AM drivers, Fidel Leib, Stefan Karg, and Moritz Oberheim are the drivers in 163. If they've managed to just gain a lap or two along the way, then that might see them to the finish. Still no let-up in the battle, though, for fourth position. Frank Stippler in the white and blue Scherer-sponsored Phoenix Racing run. Audi R8, car number five, is in fourth place, ahead of Felipe Laza and Christian Hohenardel in Porsches, Porsche and Mercedes, respectively. Meanwhile, the SP6 runner, car number 212, is in pit lane. 212 is the third placed SP6 car. That category led by car number 203 from Conrad Motorsports. So it's not all bad news for Conrad. Okay, their Lamborghini ended up very badly damaged after that skirmish with a lower order BMW. But Conrad Motorsports Porsche 911 in SP6 is on course for victory. See the uh, number 55, the uh, the Renault RS01, the SPX car, has managed to get past the. Uh, Vulcanhorst BMW M6 of uh, Adams, the number 36 car. That was uh, raging when they came out of the pits, wasn't it? But uh, the Renault has managed to make that pass at last. And now that he's done it, he's already managed to stretch his legs away from the, uh, the BMW. So that is for seventh and eighth on the road. Obviously a class victory for the SBX car. I don't think they care once they're up to that level, do they? They just want to race with anybody. It's, it's the joy, the fun of the fair. You mentioned about the Rudy Adams car. Um, I was going to take a moment, really, at the start of the broadcast to congratulate David Pittard, who's managed to get himself now a full season entry with Vulcan Horse Motorsport. Another example of a, a British racer in, in the mould of Adam Christodoulou, really, and people like uh, Ricky Collard being able to get deals in other countries, and David Pittard, who came through the Ginetta programme in the UK uh, and then went, went on to British GT has secured himself a deal with Vulcan Horse Motorsport for the remaining VLN races this season so well done to David we've 
got uh, a 60 zone again and it looks like uh, the 140 car has stopped. Now that car was running fifth in SP8, that is the uh, Manhella Racing BMW M3. Um, although interestingly, maybe it's just a typo, but I know that uh, Time Certain Clock just tweeted that saying uh, at Dottinger Hole, which is what it is, it's 140 that it's showing on the screen. Although, as it got going, I think it's just creeping along. So it's probably been recovered. Here it is, just on the screens now. It's being dragged along the uh, the main straight. So all these cars are able to. It's, it's like when you see a, a police car on the motorway. Look, they're they're slowing down to 69 miles per hour just to get past the police. Wait until the police car can't see them anymore, and then they're back on the power. Potentially, I don't. I've heard. I mean, we we don't do that, do we? <laughs> I've heard, but I've just that, heard that. You yeah, know, someone I, told me that story. Once. I've seen people do it on the motorway <laughs> as I continue at sixty-nine miles per hour. Uh, I, I'll, I'll tell the truth. I do 60, 69.9 miles an hour. Good man. But uh, you know, <laughs> ten tenths all yeah, the time. Exactly. Exactly. A bright yellow Honda Accord goes over the line. I'm delighted to say I can still tell a Honda Accord from a Honda Civic. Mainly the boot is a giveaway, but uh, that is, I'm sure, a brand new car to the VLN Championship. I don't remember seeing that in previous races. Uh, it's a V4 car. And yet another body shape to enjoy. The Durena Motorsport Club EV entered car from Stolberg. Sarah Ganser and Ben Seifert are the drivers in that number 715 car. Yes, yellow flags mean, of course, strictly no overtaking. But when you've got a car on a tow rope, you're kind of left with no choice but to overtake it. Just at a reasonable speed. At that a, was the point. Yeah, 60, yeah. 69.9 miles an hour until they're out of sight. Um, interestingly as well, uh, uh, Time Certain Clock said, um, sent a, a snippet of the punishment for the 35 car. Or the, here it says, after hearing of the impacted uh, fires... Uh, an insight into the data recording of the GPS system, it stands. For the stewards, it is clear that the affected driver did not pay attention to the yellow flag shown. The statement of the person concerned is not liable to relieve him. Participants entering the Code 120 zone before and immediately after the affected passers reduced their speed as dictated by the flag signals. The disqualification from further participation is valid for the driver concerned. The further decisions, uh, Nax Slaten and time penalty, affect the team. A possibly announced appointment has no suspensive effect for security reasons. I thought I, I made sense of a couple of those sentences. Uh, it's been translated, to be fair, so okay. there's some bits that won't necessarily make sense. That is in reference to car 35, correct. which is the car that was due to start on the front row, remember, the Voldenhorst Motorsport car. There's uh, well, now got uh, a chance to identify the car on the end of the tow rope coming down Ooh. the Dottinger Hur, which one, is the 140. You mentioned that. three is just making a very late pit stop here. Ooh. Uh, now then, having said they would have enough fuel on board, maybe Black Fal Falcon feel that they don't. And, of course, it's not, not sure many laps. It's not many laps to the finish, so they can afford for this stop to be very, very short indeed. The clock is counting down. They're doing checks on the front of the car, but the driver is being told to wait and yeah clock continues to tick down this is the sp10 leader now go 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 well, go so there was splash and dash wasn't it? yeah absolutely and of course you can afford to do a, a much shorter stop because we're looking at maybe three laps possibly only two laps to the finish for an sp10 car because the sp10 leader has completed 
23 laps. Compare that to the overall race leader having done 25. But now, yeah, splash and dash, that should ensure that the 163 car will get to the finish. Now the 828 car that's running second in SP10 is only one place behind them. Now in terms of time, I think that they've got quite a nice chunk, so it's nothing untowards, but we need to let that one play out before we fully understand. One minute and five seconds uh, between 163 and 828, and that was at the, the start of the stop. So did they get in and get out again within 65 seconds is the next question because the SP10 fight, very, very close indeed. 11 minutes to go at the Nürburgring Nordschleife. You're listening to RS3, part of the Radio Show Limited network of channels. And we're running at full capacity this weekend with action on RS1, RS2 and RS3. RS2 IMSA Radio's coverage of the Canadian round of the WeatherTech Championship is already on the way but don't tune away just yet because we're in for a grandstand finish here I'm almost positive of that in the latest round of the VLN but uh, you've got them uh, all evening potentially to go the way of RS2 IMSA Radio for round 7 of the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship the Mobile One Sports Car Grand Prix at Canadian Tire Motorsport Park be a two-hour 40-minute race tomorrow but also the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge is in attendance as well as the official support category of course you'll also have the Portimao 24 hours to catch up on and all our coverage of the Le Mans Classic as well side by side down to the first corner with Felipe Laza trying to make a move on Frank Stippler Stippler was not going to be uh, run into a mistake there convinced that the inside line was going to be working for him is there going to be contact again for the Porsche surely the door's not fully Ooh. open there and they make contact once more forcing the issue there was Felipe Laza finally he gets the place but that was a little bit naughty in my book he had two wheels on the grass Frank Stippler was trying to close the door but Felipe Laza was not going to be held back move is made and a rather irritated Frank Stippler right now behind him to try and reverse those positions. And meantime, 55 and 36 are still going at it. This is for 7th and 8th places. Back across the line goes the SPX car. But far be it that that car's in, it, in a class of its own. It is, yes, but it's able to take the fight to some of these SP9 cars really well. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm quite amazed, actually, that number uh, 30 Frickadilly Racing car that sort of forced its way through that suddenly became the most expensive can opener frankly there didn't it it literally forced its way through and in fact they're still together as they suddenly came up on screen we're going to see a replay of them going side by side now so as they are about to they flick towards the right and uh, actually the Audi R8 did get back up the inside there, I think, was that not? That's at the end of the start-finish straight. Yeah, but then the move from Felipe Laza in the red and white car came in it. a moment ah. or two because Felipe Laza, a wider entry into the second bit of Mercedes Arena. Uh, Frank Stippler did allow the car to drift over to the right a little bit and I don't think there was any contact front to rear, but Stippler, well, the door was open and then he decided to close it at the last minute. And the problem late, for Lee Belaza is he's fully committed at that point. Yeah. These are big, heavy GT cars. And if he's gone for a move, I don't know. I mean, this is why I would not like to be a clerk of the course and decide whether there was any blame there. The nice thing is neither car spun, neither car appeared to be too badly damaged. 
and they can carry on with that fight. They're still totally together, by the way, as they reach the end of sector two. And I reckon it is still the Larza-driven Porsche just ahead of Frank Stippler in the Phoenix Racing Audi. Seven minutes and 20 seconds to go until the chequered flag is at least prepared. But we might be in store for a few extra minutes depending on where the leader is. How lovely we're looking at the uh, Opel Calibra there. That's such an amazing car. Do you know, I just saw another car on the, uh, the entry list that we have not seen. Uh, there is a Peugeot RCZ out there as well. Yes, there is. I, I caught a glimpse of that briefly coming out of the pits from a pit stop, but I haven't seen it anywhere else on the track. I assume it's done some racing <laughs> rather than just appear at the venue for, uh, to, to, to go and visit its pit crew. But, um, yeah, one Peugeot RCZ cup car because uh, there are some championships around the world that are, you know, grids just full of RCZs. They certainly are. I, mean, I, I saw my very first RCZ at the Nürburgring in 2012, and I thought, what on earth is that? <laughs> yeah. uh, and again, the Nürburgring 24 hours is a test bed for sometimes brand new shapes and sizes of cars from well-known manufacturers, but they, they bring new concepts to this race just to try them out on, you know, what is a, an incredible test bed. You're, you are taking cars to their very edge of, of reliability and edge of performance around what is a superb racetrack but can also be a tremendous test track as well. So in theory, we, uh, we well not in theory, we do have less than a lap time remaining quite incredibly in this race but I'm not sure where our leader sides at the moment so it's still the 31 car that is in the lead so if I click on this on the tracker it'll be somewhere it's going to Hoeacta so yeah it's going to get through again I reckon isn't it and start another lap it's going to be tight but this sector generally takes cars three minutes let's say three minutes yeah, so 20 and then another 50 seconds on the end of that ah, okay uh, for the final sector but even so that yeah. We'll see the car home, I'm sure. Unless, of course, the 31 crew think we've got a 48-second lead here. Lose Is it. it worth backing lose off lose a little time, bit? Yeah. Oh, look at this. We're, we're following on board with the 106, which was on our entry list as, what was it, 102, Two. I think, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's uh, it's got all over the back of it. Now, this, I think, is going to be for position, is it not? Uh, yes, 106 battling with 123. Uh, I reckon it is 123. This is the battle for Cup 2. So I told you things would go down to the wire. The Cup 2 division, which is for Porsche Carrera Cup cars, the same you might see in the Porsche Super Cup, uh, swinging from left to right, and that is the Hamprecht, Lauch and Schiller car. And surely, down into the first corner, that's going to be move made for car number 106, heading on to the final lap, quite possibly for these cars. Wow, wow, that wow, was wow, great. Wow. <laughs> that was that was getting uh, um, a little a bit, bit up close and personal. That a one, bit wasn't fruity, it? wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And the Gigaspeed car. So Gigaspeed have had a nightmare with two cars. We think making contact with each other and ended up in yeah. the gravel trap at turn one. But their other car in this Cup Two division have been having a tremendous race. And the Cup Two cars, one is tenth overall. That is tenth overall, and the other one eleventh overall. Race leader making their way down the dotting of her. It's Lance David Arnold, wheel of the number 31 Porsche. There's no indication here that Lance is easing off to ensure that this is the final lap of the race. So this is lap 26, looking very much like it's going to be a 27-lap affair, therefore. 
which goes to show you how much impact those uh, slow zones had on this race because they're only just making it a 27 lap race by three uh, three and a half minutes less than three and a half minutes yeah so uh, that's quite incredible yeah it could have only been uh, 25 laps which was would have been a uh, a shortest race distance certainly for the year and possibly for the last couple of years but it's going to be lap it's going to be 20 sorry 26 laps it's in fact going to be 27 laps and I think on previous occasions this year we've for the main part got to 28 so we have been done out of a lap effectively because of all that barrier repair that was necessary but thank goodness it was done within the race because there was a suggestion from many on social media earlier on that we might be lumped with that code 60 for the whole of the rest of the race they worked so hard to get that sorted Uh, I mean, it's kind of pretty doffed to them. Yeah, pretty costly affair as well to replace so much metal work. They had all the bits, they had all the spares. Is it the same as when uh, it's open to the public and you end up having to pay for it? Is it for this? I think there may be a little bit of uh, entry fee, which is taken for general track infrastructure. Um, now, what I don't know is if, uh, if you personally have a big one, do you then have to pay again? I don't know. But that's certainly the case for the tourist laps. Yes, not, exactly. not, not only is your car not insured around any of the circuit uh, by any insurance company, so you've got a, a very nice car to fix, but you've also got to pay the circuit for them to, uh, to fill in all the bits of Arco you've demolished. It can be very, very costly, but it's worth it, surely, for uh, the, the buzz <laughs> that you must get. In fact, uh, Time Certain Clock has just tweeted, reminder, you have to pay for barrier repairs. I don't know whether that's pure teams. luck that that, was the, that, yeah. that came through or whether that is in response to what we're saying there. But, uh, okay. yeah. Over the line goes the number 30 Porsche, the Cl sister car to the race leader. And long clear of the number 5 Audi now. that Those two have spread completely out. So now the move was done. That's why he was uh, keen to get through as quickly as possible with Laser in that 30 Porsche. Because now that he's done it, he's just left. Stipler a long way back, so the, the Phoenix race and Audi R8 sat there in fifth. Doesn't look like he's going to have an answer on his final lap. No, but we could <laughs> yet have a change. <laughs> we could yet have a change for seventh position. Looks to be a little bit of grass in the grill of the BMW, almost showing signs that that big M6 has been off the road somewhere and scooped up some weeds maybe on the side of the track, heading into Tiergarten and Hohenrein. And with 50 seconds on the clock, these guys have got to go all the way around one more time yet. Whereas the race leader is somewhere in sector three right now. So probably about a third of the way around on the final lap. Shakes of the head from Sabina Schmitz. I think she'll be happy from a team perspective from Frickadelli Racing. They're on course for first and for fourth. She really wanted a podium finish here. Felipe Laza trying his level best. He's got 22 seconds to try and find on Oliver Kites. Kites, I'll remind you, is a bronze-rated driver. So Kites, without wishing to be rude, one of the slower in the combination in car 22. And might therefore be susceptible to a rampant-looking Felipe Laza on this final lap. Difference though between the third place Ferrari and the fourth place Porsche was 23 seconds pretty much at the start of this final lap. The clock is now at zero and the chequered flag will be being prepared for car 31. Through goes Oliver Kites with a 1 minute 10 
for sector two. Now, what can Felipe Laza do about that margin that stood at 22.7 seconds at the start of the lap? Can he whittle it down at all? Two further seconds found. So yes, he is eating into that segment, but I don't think it's going to be significant enough to get a change of order on that podium. Still cars coming round, and of course, still these cars are on the road ahead of the race leader. So they're going to get one more lap yet, you know, and we're already on the hour now, 4 p.m. in Germany. And these cars will continue for a further nine minutes, maybe. It does take quite a long time to make sure that all those cars we counted out onto the circuit at midday Central European time, that they're all counted back in again at the end of this event. We do get one or two stragglers as well. They just enjoy being out there, that's what it is for the stragglers. <laughs> Absolutely, just taking every single Absolutely. second possible to remain out on the Nordschleife. The 5.88 put on a great show at the start of this event. Leading H4. But remembering it's a shame those two got split up, though, wouldn't it? Because they were battling brilliantly for ages. For about two hours, I made it. That's yeah, brilliant. 588 um, versus 600. But the, uh, the 997 K3 has dropped considerably further back now. It's still running, though. Second place in H4. And incidentally, we were sort of talking about the SP10 fight where the Black Falcon uh, number 163 Mercedes came in for a splash and dash, and it looked like it was dropping into the clutches of the 828 BMW M4. Well, it has worked for them because they're now plenty of time up the road. They're a good sort of 16 seconds up the road from them, so it looked like the splash and dash was a good call. Yeah, 163 had that uh, in margin as a, as a little insurance option I suppose to come in for a very late stop but the regulations in this championship allow a splash and dash to be possible and that's purely because unlike the start of the race where your pit stop is judged on how many laps you've just done your final stint is down to how many laps there are to go so if it's only two laps left in the race your final stop can be very very quick indeed remember car 106 now leading Cup 2 after that phenomenal fight over the start-finish line. Last time around, 106 getting past 123. They're not separated by a huge distance, though. Again on the dotting her. I was just suddenly noticing, no wonder the camera's picking up Sabine Schmitz and she's looking on edge, is that their 30 car could still yet steal the bottom step of the podium because they lapped uh, ooh, 20, 18 seconds quicker last lap. They, tw they were 22.7 behind. And you look at the sectors and they're still lapping quite a bit quicker than that number 22 Ferrari. So it could actually end up really, really close by the time they complete this final lap. Yeah, Frickadelli and Sabina Schmidt's team wanting to get two cars onto the podium, not just the one. And Felipe Laza pedalling very swiftly indeed. He gained a further four seconds through sector three. This next sector, sector four, is going to be crucial though as far as who finishes third in the overall positions. Car 31 appears now out of the right-hand kink and onto the Dottinger Hur, the final long straight to the finish line and nobody's going to stop uh, the Lance David Arnold car from taking this victory. We might have late concern though for car, car 79, 79 just... which is leading the SP7 category. Exactly. 
this is a category that almost nobody wants to win because we had the big drama for 57 in the barriers at about half distance car 79 which inherited the race lead has now caused a very late code 60 at Vipperman let's call the race leader over the line though because it's it is going to be back-to-back -back victories for the number 31 Porsche from Frickadelli Racing, Norbert Seidler and Lance David Arnold, the two drivers who have driven faultlessly throughout the four hours. The checkered flag is now waved, the lights are flashing from car number 31 and their nearest rival way back down the road. It should be the number 11 Ferrari, but that car, the Ferrari, some, it's still somewhere in the fourth sector. So the winning margin is going to be well over 50 seconds at the checkered flag. But what on earth, Chris, on this final lap has happened to the SP7 leader? That's devastating, isn't it? And that, and that was the thing, as I suddenly saw that we'd got a code 60, it was more going, oh, great, not what we want on the final lap. But then when you suddenly see which car it is, uh, it, it's heartbreak for them, isn't it? Now, the big one for me as well, I know we've got a long gap before we get to the, uh, to the next cars. Number 11 Ferrari's only just gone through sector four, so it's about 50 seconds left to go before it comes through. Here it comes down towards us now with its yellow flashes compared to the uh, red flashes on the 22 car. Um, but it is what who's going to get the third place, 22 or 30? And uh, I'm waiting for them to flick into it. Is still the 22 car Ferrari that is there, and judging by the fact we're not there, we go. It, it's it's not that many seconds, I've got to be honest, Johnny, is that this is still up. They've just gone a 317 compared to a 326 in sector four. So I think that this is going to be mighty close. But here comes the number 11 car that's going to take the second. That one's for sure. It was in no man's land, really. Yeah, that Ferrari then over the line. It's, ne it's neck and neck between Frank Stippler and Felipe Laza. So actually far from, um, far from Laza gaining on Kainz. It's actually more about, have those two cars got by the 22 as well, though? In what order are they going to appear? appear? 22, no, is ahead of the Audi and the Porsche, but that's the concern from Sabina Schmitz, is that Frank Schnippler was catching Felipe Laza, and there's been a change on the final lap because the Audi misses out on the podium, but does gain fourth place, I reckon, although they're side by side yeah. across the line, and gets the judgment by 0 0.130 of a second. Absolutely incredible at the end. And Sabina Schmidt oh. is disconsolate on the line. She's got head in hand. She thinks, ah. And uh, actually, Sabina <laughs> thinks, no, no, Felipe got it. He got it at the line, but uh, not according to the timing of scoring I'm looking at. Frank Stippler jumped ahead of the Porsche on that final lap. And Laza <laughs> reeled in and overtaken. Remember back to when the uh, number 30 Laza got up the inside, sort of muscled his way up the inside past that Audi R8. Well, the Audi R8 had the last laugh and stole it just at the end, but they were only 5.7 behind the 22 Ferrari in the end. That was yes. that was the fight we were looking at. Absolutely. You could see it taking shape, but it didn't quite happen. And if anything, the battle between the Renault and the BMW, 55 and 36, is a slightly more strung out this time. They're still together, but separated by about four or five car lengths and that's unlikely to change then this new wrap this new paint job for car 55 gets a good result and uh, that's uh, good for uh, as an omen I suppose to be changing sponsors and to, to be changing livery because for car 55 finishing seventh ahead of the Rudy Adams driven Volkenhorst Motorsport BMW the race winner has got back to the pit lane very swiftly indeed because it just did the Grand Prix track and then nipped in the back door rather than having to do the full Nordschleife. And 
Norbert. Norbert Seedler. Very, very nice chap who congratulates Lance David Arnold. Lance David, generally known as a Mercedes specialist, stepping over to the Porsche team this weekend and showing that he's very, very rapid in that car as well. Lance David Arnold, all used to front-engined machinery, and it can be often claimed by Porsche drivers and by non-Porsche drivers that the 911 is pretty tricky to get your head around having all that weight hanging over the rear axle but not an issue for Lance David Arnold and they will go then to the top step of the podium really good result for Wockenspiegel team Monschau they didn't qualify so well did they in the uh, grid they were fifth and seventh so to convert that into a second and a third place finish well, you said they were out impressive. of position didn't you you said you were surprised where they were there yeah and that they should show a bit more speed across the piece I suppose and those places now confirmed. Remember, the 11 car is an SP9 Pro machine. The 22 is an SP9 Premium. So an all-pro lineup, and then a Pro-Am driving lineup as well. So yes, a uh, really good uh, second and third place run there to the flag for Bockenspiegel team Monschau. And the Ferraris with their twin turbocharged engines showing to be very dominant indeed so lots of uh, reaction post-race reaction to come as far as that event is concerned we'll also head to the podium in a moment or two as well uh, but Cup 2 still up for grabs Cup 2 is probably, yeah, probably is yeah. um, we've got the uh, the record 100th win just about to come it's heading towards us that being the uh, H4 cars that we were loving the battle in the early stages. Uh, over time they got split out, but the 588 car of Ralph Scholl and Christopher Gerhard, that uh, 997 is uh, is going to take Ralph's 100th class victory. Incredible performance there, but uh, I am definitely still looking out for the 106 and the 123 cars that disappeared out of our sight, split by two and a half seconds for victory in the Cup 2 class, and that would put them 10th and 11th overall running so uh, I'm not saying that we've just lost the time in there so we don't know hmm. typically yeah I'm not sure we're necessarily going to get that back I'm afraid but uh, maybe able to find it on another screen so yeah congratulations to uh, the well the cup two battle as you say probably still raging on where have they got to somewhere in the fourth sector now and if anything the 106 car was edging away from the 123 so the Hamprecht, Lauch and Schiller car uh, is just ahead of the 123 and yeah they are 10th and 11th positions 2.5 seconds rather the gap is between the two up two machines and the engine note you hear in the background is the car that yeah. leads cup two what i can't tell you is where the one two three car is in relation to this now an opportunity as the cars head down to the dotting of her to maybe give you a gap between these two as i say it was two and a half to start the lap and if anything the 106 car is eking out a little bit more during this lap let's just have a look at the split times 108 versus 109 so yes that would favour car 106 it was marginally quicker through sector 2 likewise go. sector 3 and sector 4 huge gap I reckon 
so one two three is yes I'm afraid well oh, behind yeah, the different. 106 yeah. uh, it has got a Cayman behind but I tell you that the, the key sector Chris was sector four because there was almost 10 seconds gained there by the 106 car and it has scampered away in an almost martini-esque livery yeah. and the 106 car having made that overtake at the start of the final lap has then really stamped its authority on cup two but isn't it great that it came <laughs> down to you know Absolutely. three hours and 55 minutes pretty much to decide the cup two class and uh, cup two is for Porsche Cup cars, the sort you might find in the Mobile One Super Cup that supports the Formula One Grand Prix, the sort you might find in the Porsche Carrera Cup GB as well. Uh, exactly the same spec of cars, but it's great that we have those well and truly represented in the VLN in Cup 2. I'm also not sure whether we've seen the Cup 5 cars over the line to decide their race. Cup 5 going the way of Mikael Schrei and yes Schrei is home and hosed it would appear now in the now in the pit lane area so yes has received the chequered flag and car number one finishing ahead of 694 which is the Tristan Fidas car and uh, Tristan was sharing that car this weekend was he not no he was going solo Tristan Fidas the Estonian driver so Mikael Schrei a two driver effort uh, Shrey this weekend partnering with, bear with me a second, it was typically now, I can't find well, the while you're While you're looking at that, so that I feel the air while you're looking, is that I've also got to take the opportunity to thank all of you that were, were tweeting in. You've been so much help keeping the information going. It's uh, It really was helpful. It, uh, it sort of made the... Uh, the the transition into this uh, so much it's more straightforward is that they do you told me beforehand <laughs> that you get all the information from from all those guys watching around the world and, uh, and updating us thank you to, to every single one of you it's been really helpful Mikhail Shry sharing with Mark Eret for Hoffa Racing powered by Bonk Motorsports so it's a Bonk Motorsport car uh, but prepared by Hoffa Racing and Hoffa of course regulars in the Creventic 24H series former champions indeed Yes, Tristan Vidas, very impressive indeed for him to be doing the whole race on his own. Drama 672 stopped just before Dottinger Hoa. 672 is one of the BMW M235i cars. So was that one of the leading protagonists? No, it was a bit further down the order in Cup 5. 672, 10th place. And yes, hasn't yet appeared at the end of sector four so maybe a bit of a whoopsie there and perhaps has clanged the barrier as now on the move but slow almost all cars have finished okay well sadly we're not going to get the sp7 car to the finish either although it might be that the sp7 leader had already done enough laps to keep it ahead of anybody else in that class laps completed for number 79 equal uh, 24 so 24 complete laps for car 79. Compare that to 73, which has done 24 laps as well, but in a much slower time. <laughs> Will they be permitted to win the class when they didn't actually cross the line? That's the problem. Remember, they crashed over at Vipperman, or we think it, it was some sort of off anyway for the Kodidec and Luanart uh, SP7 Porsche. So late drama for a number of runners in this race. We also by the looks of things didn't see 
Oh no, 141 did make the finish in SP8. And 141 finishes second in SP8, therefore, behind the Ferrari 458 of Kohlhaas, Koller and Jaeger in car 139. So in a moment or two, we'll be welcoming the various class winners up onto the podium. The overalls will be done first, so drivers represented or drivers uh, that took part in the race in cars 31, 11 and 22. But then what generally happens is they're joined by the, the key class winners as well. So we'll probably have the SPX winners on the podium, certainly the Cup 2 victors and the drivers from car 588 who did such a good job in the early stages fending off car 600 in the H4 category. Ralph Schaal and Christopher Gerhardt I think should be congratulated in that red and yellow Porsche for battling away with the bonkers looking K3 in the <laughs> early stages and you know we've only got two cars in group H4 but didn't they make up for you know a, a relatively low entry confirmation then that after four hours four minutes and 41 seconds it was the Frickadelli racing Porsche that took victory by a minute and 29 seconds in wow. the end we often don't get that significantly uh, large margin but shows how dominant that crew were over the number 11 Ferrari the Wockenspiegel team Monschau Ferrari of Georg Weiss and the two Menzels third position the number 22 Oli Kites finished that race uh, in the end for the team so well done to Oli Kites for keeping his head above water only by six seconds in the end had there been another lap I think the 22 would have fallen off the podium and the change came on the final lap for fourth position with Frank Stippler able to get ahead of Philippe Laza in the number 30 Porsche Audi overtaking Porsche then on that final 27th lap of the race and uh, the margin just uh, over a tenth of a second as they reached the timing line sixth position for Auto Arena the number 13 Mercedes of Patrick Assenheimer and Christian Hohenardel seventh place the 55 Renault RSO1 uh, the Dieter Schmidtman car, that's a class winner as well, remember, taking victory in SPX, but seventh overall. Eighth position for the BMW M6 from Volkenhorst Motorsport. Ninth place to the number two Gigaspeed team Get Speed Porsche. And tenth position after a tremendous dice in Cup 2, car 106 victorious in Cup 2, Hamprecht, Lauk and Schiller. Second place in Cup 2 and 11th overall was the number 123 Porsche of Hopper, Krantz and Schierbart. The H4 winner, number 588, the red and yellow Porsche, finished 12th ahead of the SP8 winner, the Ferrari 488. And in 9th position, uh, sorry, 14th position, I should say, the Hagen-driven 103 Cup 2 car. 15th place for the number 600 Kramer Racing Porsche, K, the Porsche K3, the 997 spec K3. 16th place for the 940, the Max and Jens Cup 3 winners they were, of course. And that was the car uh, not with the smashed windscreen, but the car that beat the car with the smashed windscreen, the 940 uh, car taking Cup 3 honours. 17th place, second place in SP8 was the Porsche 911 GT3, car number 141. 18th position for the second place Cup 3 car, 959, another Porsche Cayman, and in 10th place, uh, sorry, 19th place, the 8806 car, which was the TCR winner, the Goulden Ustreich uh, Seat. I think that's these days labelled simply as a Cupra, and it finished in 19th position from in 20th place, 
the Krantz-driven 969 Cup 3 Porsche. So, lots of talking points uh, as far as that fourth event of the season is concerned. And uh, we've got, obviously, another race to come in a matter of uh, weeks' time. It's a slightly longer gap now to wait for, uh, whereas it was two weeks uh, to the previous VLN race. It's going to be the 18th of August for the next round of the championship. And that one's a bit special because uh, there are uh, this is going to be a six-hour race, remember. So an elongated format and... We're very much looking forward to being able to bring you that one uh, live here on the Radio Show Limited network of channels. Check the schedule on RadioLeMond.com at the bottom of the page for information on which channel that is going to be on. In fact, it might already be listed for RS1 or RS3. VLN is tending to bounce between the two channels through the course of the year. Uh, it is at the moment scheduled to be on RS1 for VLN5. Again, a 10.15 start in the UK, that is. But the website, wherever you are in the world, will do the relevant calculation for you. Uh, it's a 12 o'clock start in Germany, but obviously we'll go through till 6pm rather than 4 o'clock. And then after that, it's four-hour races all the way through to the end of the year. And after the 18th of August... The sixth race of the year takes place on the 1st of September. Three weeks later, it's VLN 7. And there are two races to look forward to in October, VLN 8 and VLN 9 on the 20th of October, which again is a Saturday, as they all are, in fact. Um, TCR, I don't remember seeing an awful lot of battling within that. Of course, do you remember on the opening lap of the race, that dark blue Sayat being spun around? Yep. I think it was either on the opening lap or the second lap of the race, and you know it was the opening because he came in the back, didn't he, and then had to restart in effect. That's right. So didn't do any of the Nordschleifer lap. Um, but, I mean, TCR. We had uh, eight cars in that entry, and TCR sort of taking the world by storm at the moment. The UK now has a TCR championship, travelling to Castlecombe in uh, just I'm a week's time. I'm commentator next weekend for that one. Yeah, I think I might pop along for the Sunday. Um, so. I mean, it, it lends itself nicely to not a sprint race and not a typical TCR length of race. You know, you've got to be thinking the long game. And that's my fear about bringing touring car spec machines and sometimes touring car trained drivers into a longer race. They all think it's got to be one at the first corner. Yeah, absolutely. I know. It and is. it is a concern. Mm. It, just that change of mentality, because you, you've got to think. I mean, you used the phrase, you can't win the race on the first lap. But you're and sure you've got to think can lose it, exactly You've right. got to think there's a gap there, but I don't need to go for it yet. No. Uh, well, the BMWs were doing the same as well, weren't they? Yes. In reality, both both different pools of those BMWs were doing exactly the same. Yes. Uh, which is, you know, let, we're obviously sort of being devil's advocate going, it, you know, it's, it's daft, you can't, but it does, it is good to watch. <laughs> it is good to watch. <laughs> you know. I'll go back to being my five-year-old, you know, me as a five-year-old on Spectator's Bench, bank with me dad watching the racing with me eyes full of wonder and glory and that's frankly what I was getting watching them go down to the first corner um, today you know it just looks impressive so I still wouldn't encourage them to change <laughs> well um, unless I was their team manager <laughs> yeah I, you know Robin's racing as we always say we like a little bit of door handle to door handle action certainly and I'm not wanting to detract from that at all because, you know, one of the one of the main highlights for me often in these VLN races is getting 15 to 20 Cup 5 BMWs, the M235i racing cup cars, and seeing them 
almost taking chunks out of each other for the full four hours. But what I don't like to see, though, is cars in the barrier. And it was a real shame for the treble six car, which had been leading, and by quite a significant margin, the Muller, Otter and Poika uh, car. Sadly, that didn't get to the finish, labelled as 116th in the order in the end and 15th of 15 cars, but it was a DNF for car 666. That'll be back again, I'm sure, for VLN5. Uh, and as I say, sometimes you get touring car drivers coming into VLN and they just need to recalibrate the brain a little bit and realise that uh, it is a far longer affair. Um, that just about wraps things up, though, although we uh, will be able to uh, bring you some review of the podium in a moment or two because the pictures have reappeared and the podiums are being prepared. So at least we'll be able to get the cars or rather the drivers, up onto the podium. We might not be able to hear, sadly, the national anthems, but uh, suffice to say, it is going to be a German national anthem, which is often the one we hear ringing around the Nürburgring Nordschleife. And oh, I'm just loving this. We're watching some of the highlights on the uh, the TV pictures, and it's just there's one or two incidents that we uh, we didn't see first time around with so much going on, interpreting the times and everything. But uh, watching some of the robust moves at various oh goodness me, it's just such an epic race. It really is. They battle hard through the entire four hours. Um, it, it just it's it's staggering quite how much goes on during the course of that race, and it's not necessarily always the, the the same you know same cars but they managed to find fights all the way through yeah and obviously the championship positions have changed as well but i mean fricadelli racing have all of a sudden sort of come from nowhere it has to be said you could argue that for, for, for fricadelli this is their bread and butter championship they uh, do do some uh racing i believe in the adac masters as well the german specific uh, GT championship that doesn't just go to the Nürburgring. It goes to Oschersleben, it goes to Hockenheimring, it goes to Lautzitz as well. So that tours the country, whereas this is purely a Nürburgring Nordschleife-based championship. But Frikadelli Racing, along with their drivers, uh, know this place very well indeed. They're the ones that pretty much do all the races through the course of the year. So there was going to be a point, I think, when the championship, the pendulum swung towards Frikadelli. And the fact that they've now managed back-to-back -back victories for the 31 car as well, I would be very surprised if it's not the 31 car now leading the championship in SP9. And SP9 Pro, of course. So the crowd is assembling, and it's a decent one down below the podium. We also had a tremendous crowd up at Brunchen, which I was well surprised at. I mean, the lots, awesome, didn't it? lots yeah. of photographs appearing on social media about uh, how many people had turned out for. I mean, you know, we're now in the, the heat of summer, the height of temperatures, and what a great opportunity to go out and witness some real life motorsport. And that's exactly what the fans have done. I mean, sadly, the start of the year was stymied by very cold weather. Qualifying happens on a Saturday morning, the race in the afternoon. Uh, the weather was that bad. The whole place was fogged out. Really? And it, meant, it meant that qualifying was delayed by, I think, two hours in the end. That put the race start time back as well. And snow is uh, <laughs> often seen um, out of the summer season. Uh, certainly uh, no stranger to the, no the Nürburgring Nordschleife during the months of March and then later on in the year, maybe in November too. 
because it's in such it's on such high ground, of course. And then when the rain does hit, thankfully none of that today. But sometimes you get rain on maybe a one mile section, and then the rest say, of it's bone dry. Yeah, it's multiple microclimates. It's going to be, isn't it? Um, what with the height variation, the just yeah. the pure size of it alone is going to make all that difference. And uh, yeah, I don't quite know how they would call that and I'll uh, I look forward to seeing that one day about how on earth they manage that situation it gets rather very than me <laughs> <laughs> it gets very entertaining in a 24 hour race when you go into the final hour and it starts raining for the first time but only on the two mile section out the back you know and you think do we change tyres it's probably not worth it but oh, the yeah. problem is that two miles is like an ice rink on slicks exactly but then you destroy the wets on the dry bits yeah yeah so one of those situations where you really cannot win let's just give you a reminder of the overall standings prior to this race and then we can get an indication of maybe how things have changed a little bit I'm interested in where Norbert Seedler was positioned yeah, you see way down in 469th overall Norbert Seedler but that's when you combine uh, all the championships together Norbert Seedler and Lance David Arnold, by the way, are now heading out onto the podium. And these very smart uh, Nürburgring garlands, they haven't changed the shape and the size of those garlands in about 40, 50 years. That's what that's the sort of uh, garland that was awarded to people like Jim Clark when they were winning round here on the Nordschleifer that's back good. in the mid-60s. I like that. Yeah. So it echoes back to the heritage of this place and... Second place now being sent out onto the podium. So congratulations to Georg Weiss, along with uh, teammates Menzel and Menzel, Christian and Nico. So Nico Menzel, Christian Menzel, uh, Leonard Weiss, I should say, not Georg Weiss. He was in the 22 car, of course. But Georg Weiss will be invited to the other side of the podium in a moment or two to join his co-drivers, uh, Oliver Kites and Jochen Krumbach. And it was Oliver Kites who was being caught late on in the race, remember? And in the end, narrowly held onto the podium by five seconds. Which was the point that was made, wasn't it, on Twitter, saying that uh, the, the, the driver that we've taken over the 22 is the slowest of the three of them. It's all relative, I guess. Yeah. And so it could become interesting. Well, that exactly was the case, but he did a fabulous job uh, to, uh, to make, that, uh, make sure he kept that position. Yeah, absolutely, and it could have all changed. I mean, had there been a 28th lap, it would have been so, so different, I'm sure. Maybe even the number 11 Ferrari was in reachable distance, but we'll never know, and of course, we got to the four hours, we got beyond the four hours. This is the point where the garlands are taken off the necks, the caps are taken off the heads, and we hear the national anthem for the winning team. At least that's the plan.
Well, it was there, just about in the distance, the German national anthem. And well done to all involved uh, to take victory in the fourth VLN race of the season. Norbert Seidler and Lance David Arnold. And they look very, very pleased with themselves indeed. Having uh, a, quite a long chat, actually, with the guys from the Wochenspiegel Team Monschau crew. To their right, uh, Leonard Weiss and Christian and Nico Menzel. Georg Weiss, Oliver Kainz and Jochen Krumbach to the left. Next out, now I'm wondering whether these are the drivers from the 55 car, the Renault RSO1, because, of course, they were class winners in their own right. Heiko Hamel and Dieter Schmidtmann also expecting to see out onto the podium the now with no SP9 Masters entry probably the Cup 1 winners and that kept us guessing till the very end car 106 eventually taking victory in Cup 1 tremendous fight it was throughout and the lead changed on pretty much the final lap or at least the start of it it was Philipp Hamprecht Manuel Lauch and Fabian Schiller, who used to drive a Renault RSO one in fact, in the last years of the Renault Sport Trophy. Also coming out onto the podium are drivers from other class winners from H4. The 588 crew, of course, victorious in H4 with a 12th place finish overall in their red and yellow Porsche. So well done to Ralph Schaal and Christopher Gerhardt. And also the SP8 winners too in their Ferrari 458. Car number 139 being Christian Kohlhaas, Stefan Koller and Mike Jaeger. Very quickly this podium is going to get rather well saturated with drivers. And I mean that in more ways than one because there are many bottles of champagne as well to be sprayed. If you can find the space to get the cork out that is. <laughs> busiest podium in motorsport because there's still people waiting behind now to be welcomed out onto the main deck which overlooks the start finish line which overlooks the pit lane the sun is still shining at the Nürburgring I'm delighted to say and Sabina Schmitz is still deep in conversation with those guys down at uh, Abilene Racing and Frickadelli Racing have a, having a well-deserved slurp of beer though now as is really the dutiful thing to do in the Eiffel Mountains. The champagne's being sprayed though to end another spectacular day racing with the VLN. And don't forget, the next race is a few weeks away, the 18th of August, for the annual six-hour race in the VLN Championship. But uh, that's put another one in the book and certainly has changed one or two championships too. We will be chatting about how this round affects things in the build-up to VLN 5 and don't forget all of the remaining races in the VLN will come to you live throughout the course of the year on the Radio Show Limited network of channels that only remains for me to say thank you very much Chris Dawes oh thank you it's been an absolute uh, humbling privilege it really has I've enjoyed every second of it I'm not going to lie I was incredibly nervous because uh, first opportunity uh, of, of doing this and uh, I, I just loved every second you're right I'm hooked on VLN hmm. and I do hope that I get the opportunity to, to come back again maybe a challenge this year because I'm already pretty much full up uh, out on circuits but I've got to be honest to say I'll be trying to find a way to get involved if I'm ever invited back again to come and do more with you it's been a pleasure always good working with you Johnny as we know we have good laugh when we work together and I've enjoyed it yet 
yet again. And thank you to everybody on Twitter, not just for their uh, information during the course of this uh, this feed, but also for being so supportive before I got here and during the course of it. Thank you so much, everybody. It really means a lot. Thank you. Likewise, I'll echo those thoughts. Thank you, Chris Dawes, and we'll see you again somewhere along the way. Where there's a will, there is a way. And uh, don't forget, plenty more coverage across the Radio Show Limited network of channels this weekend and this evening as well. The 24 hours of Portimao is now underway. We're deep in the action for RS2 IMSA Radio in Canada. So across the Atlantic, they're hard at work with the WeatherTech Sports Car Championship qualifying sessions, practice sessions, and also uh, a round of the Continental Tire Sports Car Challenge is later on tonight. That starts at 7.55 UK time and heads all the way through till 10.15. So make sure you check out the schedule at the bottom of the RadioLeMond.com website that lists all the details. Le Mans Classic continues through the rest of this weekend as well. Uh, mainly from this point on, on RS3. And if you've missed anything, including any of our race, it will all be available on our podcasts in forthcoming hours and days. From Chris Dawes and Johnny Palmer, we hope you've enjoyed VLN4. Be sure to join us for VLN5 in August. Bye-bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.